0: Welcome back, everyone, to Red Spotlight Entertainment. I'm your host, Alexis Soto, and I'm joined today by the people who are always here and not by the people who are never here. You know who I'm talking about. It is Alexis Pirano and David Francisco who are back with me today, and we're going to talk about all things Golden Globes and Awards season here on Red Spotlight number 470. This show, being, of course, the place that brings you everything coming out of the world of movies and more, and of course, Golden Globes, which are often dubbed Hollywood's biggest night, was it? Well, we'll get into it uh, right here. And it's all the winners, all of the drama, all of the controversy, and of course, where this season is going. So, um, there's a lot to say. <laughs> there's like a lot to say as far as like how the ceremony went, uh, how it was produced, how it was hosted who won who lost where those inevitable winners and losers are heading on their way to the oscars because recall with award season the golden globes is the first televised spot then we go to the critics choice then the screen actors guild then the directors guild producers guild and then finally bafta before we get to the oscars those are all well actually two of those may not be televised but most of those are but those are the, the major industry awards uh that make up awards season um so look i i feel like before we even talk about how the night went it's kind of important to talk about what these things even are which the globes are kind of like an enigma to a lot of people and also the controversy has been kind of an enigma to a lot of people these last couple of years they've been struggling a lot with trying they've been actually like well i guess they were canceled but then that didn't stick because ultimately this, this is the thing i always thought it was hilarious to me how people thought that they were going to cancel the golden globes like sure are, are we really, are the stars and the producers really gonna let go an opportunity for more, I don't know, screen time to win awards and then also boost up their chances for future awards? It's like, I don't, that was never gonna happen. Especially with uh, a show like these, which have been around for, as of right now, 81 years. It's a long time. It's kind of mm. like, I think I feel like it's like the second oldest show behind the Oscars as far as like movies are concerned. And also to keep in mind that they don't just give out prizes for movies, but then also for TV as well. Um, But why was this whole thing a thing in the first place? Why was there a scandal that inevitably ended up pulling the show off the air for a whole year, of course... That happened to be the year that West Side Story came out where Rachel Zegler won Best Actress and West Side Story won Best Picture Comedy Musical. But was I around to see it? I was, but nobody saw it, so it didn't happen. Of course, that happens to be my luck of as usual. Anyway, but the real drama that caused that to happen was because um, a scandal broke out on top of a mountain of other scandals. The reality is these... People that were formerly known as the HFPA, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, were a group of 90 journalists from all over the world, but they were very clubby. I've also heard that when it came to screenings, they would all have to be together to see it and they would all talk to each other to see how they were going to vote. More so than any other body, as far as awards are concerned, these people were very clicky and they were very... They would talk to each other about how they were going to spread the wealth around, which is why this show for most of its existence has been known as the one show to always spread the wealth around to different kinds of winners and not just have these huge sweeps, uh, for one or two or three of them. Um, but they, they, they were very proud, honestly, of how blatant they were, um, in how Basically, their vote could be bought off. And they were also very overt in inviting certain people by way of nomination, just so they can say they were at their awards show. One of the more infamous moments in this show's history back in 2010 or 11, I believe, Ricky Gervais was actually hosting that year um, and the year after, as a matter of fact. But when they nominated the Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie movie, The Tourist, for, I guess, best something or whatever, they came there. But it got terrible reviews. Nobody liked it. Less people saw it, I believe. And, of course, Gervais made a joke about, like, why they were even invited in the room. Well, we all know why they were. Because they wanted to have pictures with, you know, Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie. And, you know, here's where I come from. If we're going to pretend... That the Globes were the only people in Hollywood that acted that way? That would be a fucking lie. The Oscars do that. How do I know they do that? Because why did everything everywhere all at once? Why did CODA and why did Parasite win Best Picture the last couple of years? And I talked to this with Peter, our own Peter Martinez here over the weekend about how, what, what do those three victories have in common? The cast. They were the it cast. Every voter, everybody who was in the awards space was ups.
1: Yes, you you froze.
0: <laughs> I am second. so
1: did I no. did I freeze, Alexis? I, on no, my end. End.
0: Oh, I, I'm sorry.
1: I I no, didn't mean fine. to. <laughs> I, no, I mean, it's not your fault or anything. But like it just it was right when you mentioned Peter uh, that you talked <laughs> yes, to him over <laughs> the weekend. And...
0: Our own Peter Martinez. Yes, we're having a, a discussion about what those three victories have in common. Coda, everything, everywhere in Parasite. Everybody in the Hollywood space, the voter space, they just wanted to have their picture with these casts, okay? Let's not pretend that merit or quality has ever been a thing that actually goes into why something wins. If, By the way, Parasite and Everything Everywhere are among the best winners we've had. But it, I think that it was just dumb luck that it ended up being yeah. that way. It wasn't because, oh, they all agreed with us that they were the best of the best. It just so happened that they were the talk of the town. The wind was blowing at their back. And guess what? Every voter wanted to have a selfie with those casts, with the the CODA family, the Everything Everywhere family, the Parasite family. The actor's branch in particular – Pushed all three of those films across the finish line, and Peter himself said that it kind of sullies those victories a little bit because we know the ultimate reason for why they won. But that's all awards. So to me, I've always found it kind of weird that that the Globes were singled out as like the worst of the worst, and I just feel like I always had respect for them for when they would do that because hey at least they wear their corruption on their sleeve. (laughs) Unlike these other people who would have you think there's all this esteem. There's all this, like, grandiosity that's, you know, with the name of, oh, we're the Oscars or the Emmys. And it's like, you're all full of crap. (laughs) I mean, let's just be real. And we're just lucky that every now and then you throw us wins that we happen to like. That's ultimately where I come down on it. But then there's the other scandal, which is them not having a single black person in their membership, which was bad. How are you an international group and you not have a single black member in your body? Which granted, of course, there are not that many of you, or there weren't, there weren't, there were 90 or so of you, but still that was a very bad look. (laughs) This scandal broke out during COVID when we had nothing to do, but just be on our phones all the time and, and like just kick around whose name was brought up. Tom Cruise did this big show of like sending back his Golden Globes because he didn't want them anymore because of like of this scandal, particularly NBC canceled them that week saying that they weren't going to have him on broadcast for that year, which is why they had to go back and make changes to obviously their membership. So it was a lot of drama and it kind of looked like they were dead in the water. They came back last year to very low ratings. But the reason why they came back to low ratings is the same reason why all award shows have low ratings. They came back on a Tuesday instead of the usual... Who watches an award show on a Tuesday? You put them on Sunday when people are home, not on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So, that's what happened. Um They even... They were so desperate to clean up their image that they invited Gerard Carmichael <laughs> to be the host that year and... I'm going to save that for later because I think there's a whole discussion of hosts and what needs to stop happening at these shows that we need to have going on later in the podcast. But the whole thing of it is there have been a lot of particular people online who piss me off in this space because they celebrate the Oscars and all the other people. But the Globes are, like, these people who we can't, like, ever, like, acknowledge. And yet, the funny thing is, despite the disastrous show that they had, and we're going to discuss, don't worry, in full length and detail, the nominees this year were very, very good. The nominees were outstanding, actually. And in comparison to other groups... I've been seeing a lot of these naysayers, a lot of these people who often laugh at the Globe and say, oh, the Globes are going to Globe, actually praising the Globes this year because they seem to be the the body that actually picked the best nominees. Because if you go back and look at some of the... You know, the Critics' Choice... Um, the Critics' Choice were criticized for being very stale and bland. The... Um, the, the SAG nominations that came out just this uh, week, as a matter of fact, were very just like, there are no international picks whatsoever. So, every group has had their, like, you know, ups and downs with nominees. But the Globes, I feel, with their nominations, they were very inspired. There's actually a movie mm-hmm. that I'm looking forward to watching that I haven't seen many people talk about. But it's supposed to be kind of like a rom-com romance story. Not a rom-com, a romance story. Um, Fallen Leaves. Alma Poisty, I believe, was the person that they nominated for Best Actress. And that's like, nobody else nominated her. They also nominated performances by Nicolas Cage in Dream Scenario. They nominated uh, Joaquin Phoenix in Bo Is Afraid. Um, Jennifer Lawrence in No Hard Feelings. Like, there were very good nominees and well-rounded a lot of variety. And no one else... Well, and granted, of course, the Globes have have more categories have more of a variety of categories but it still needs to be made you know clear here that as far as nominees are concerned the globes did a really good job and so this whole last couple of months has been even harder for them because the ratings were so low last year um nbc basically said you're done we're not going to air you anymore you get you can go find a new home so they were trying to find a new home and then puck news had this article that basically said that everybody said no to them. All the major networks, the cable networks, Netflix, there was, it got so bad at one point in that article, it mentioned that the Globes were rejected by Roku TV. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, I don't even know what they did. (laughs) Honestly, I don't know what they did to get the, the people who run CBS, who, mind you, is the biggest television network in America. I don't know what they did to say to them, please put us on your <laughs> on your network. And for whatever reason, they were able to be put on, uh, on network TV, which is where I believe they ultimately should be. It should be a live TV event. And I was happy to see that. And that was a major success story. The nominees in and of itself was another major success story. So... The hope was because of how much work, and oh, I didn't even mention the 90 or so journalists that had no black people in it. That was gotten rid of. They changed from a group of 90 people. Some were let go. I think most were retained, but most of the 90 people were stayed. Some were let go, but they changed from 90 people to 300 people, uh, from, from, and, and more from international, um, territories. Now, the difference with, with these, Versus SAG and, and PGA and the Oscars is that they're not industry voters. They're journalists. They're international journalists who write, um, reviews. So I guess you could say critics, but they're not considered critics the way that the critics choice are or the regional critics. So the hope was that because they did so much work to get themselves put on the air and get some new voters, and have some great nominees, that it would just be smooth sailing from here on out. But at the last minute, I think this is what happened. I think they were so concerned with just finding a place to exist, they kind of didn't really put that, or didn't have the time, mind you, to have really that much... That many options when it came to picking the person who would, in a way, be the face of this broadcast. Uh, The person who would host the show, which is very important for award shows. Now, I, I understand that award shows are not everybody's thing, you know. And I understand there's a lot of disagreement about, like, should award shows from now on have no host? Should they just put the awards on there? And look, obviously, I'm a huge fan of award shows. We talk a lot about them. And over the years, we've had some good, some not so good, (laughs) some very bad. And I feel like here, here was the other hope is the Oscars these last 10 years have fallen off hard. And I'm not talking about the ratings. I'm talking about the quality of their shows, you know. Lest we forget that the Globes were somehow the only people that had controversy. Every year the Oscars come on, there's a controversy. There's like a big thing, and I'm not, I'm not even hap- saying what happens in the show itself. Just surrounding it, before we even get to the show, there's decisions that are made that are like, you know, Oscar ballots come out, secret ballots come out, and just there's a lot of like anger and drama, and disasters that have happened. The Academy. I mean, do we even have to speak of Will Smith and the slap? Do we have to speak of the fact that they they switched Best Actor and Best Picture and give it to a, a an absent Anthony Hopkins over a dead Chadwick Boseman? Should we even talk about the whole La La Land Moonlight snafu, which <laughs> I will never get over. I mean, st- <laughs> never get over. Or, and that's that even, to me, the biggest fuck-up was the idea that the night's biggest winners were Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody. So it's like, if we want to talk about fuck-ups and disasters, hey, I think the Oscars have been giving us a lot in that department these last couple of years. I didn't even touch the whole thing of Kevin Hart being hired and then fired before even getting to the stage (laughs) which led to the the show having no host for like two or three years
2: I don't remember that (laughs) (laughs) so much has happened so much has happened
0: it's just it's ridiculous um so it's but more to the point In the last 10 years, more often than not, the Globes have put on an amazing show, and that goes on for a lot of reasons. I think on the whole, why have the comedic monologues been funnier than the Oscars? Well, for one, to me, there's no competition. I think the two biggest hosts that have actually made their presence known, remembered, and made their broadcasts, I feel just like... A legendary success in different ways, but the humor has some carryover. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler and Emery Gervais, their monologues put together. And I think Tina and Amy hosted four times and Ricky did five times, which is a whole nine years. That's a, that's a lot of like monologues. Them together, all of their shows, I feel were a success. They're to me are the peak of what this show should be. Which is just a good old fun time. Um, I believe it was um, was it Warren Beatty. Uh, I, I heard uh, uh, Tom O'Neill, the uh, editor-in-chief of uh, Gold Derby, off- say that he was told by Warren Beatty that... The Oscars are business, but the Globes are fun. And that's the mm-hmm. truth of it, though. The Globes, to me, have always been more fun because you're in a smaller setting. They're all drinking. They're getting drunk. You have the camera up close and personal. They're sitting at table, so it's much more relaxed and comfortable. Um, and it just feels like a, I don't know, a much more Hollywood experience, too. I've always felt that the production value was a little bit higher, in ways the the show also moved a lot faster because you didn't have to worry about cutting to a musical performance for the five nominated songs of the night or these long-winded bits like uh Ellen DeGeneres buying pizza for everybody or Jimmy Kimmel buying pizza they did the same bit in different years <laughs> or even Jimmy Kimmel inviting nor- like random people to see celebrities or Ellen DeGeneres having a selfie with like cel- all those things were a complete waste of time and things that shouldn't really happen any longer at award shows, but they're going to continue to do that until that generation dies out because they think that that's humorous and that's what's worth it. And sometimes they feel that's... Um, More valuable than airing some of the nominees. Remember that one year where they cut eight categories from the telecast, and you know how, because they wanted to save time. But you know how long their, their show was? It was the longest ever. It was three minutes and 45 minutes long. Now, granted, Will Smith kind of fucked them up on that part. I mean, he had a, he went on for 10 minutes, I think, for this best actor speech, which was surreal, even just looking back at that whole situation. Right as well. So much happens at these shows. David, go ahead.
1: You said three minutes and 45
0: minutes. <laughs> oh, sorry. Three hours. Three uh Thank you for... I did not catch that at all. I'm sorry, but thank you for correcting me. Three hours and 45 minutes. Almost four hours long. That was the year they cut
2: out eight categories to save time. That was so... I remember that. That was That one was really bad. Because they cut out, like, the ones that people think that don't matter
0: yeah Whatever. sure it, it, yeah so like i told you i tell you this it's just mired in controversy all the time but Maybe, um like us
2: like growing up um we didn't start watching them until i want to say like 2007 2008 but like my whole family would always be like oh we like the golden globes better and like whenever my dad like talks about award shows and stuff, he always goes back to the Golden Globes and all the speeches, the the, the hosts. Um, the he always one... talks about uh Robin Williams. Um and yes. uh uh-huh.
1: Yeah, the one um, video he always shows us was like I can't remember who the winner was, but it was like some Best Actress award. She was in the bathroom, wasn't she? She was in the bathroom. Yeah, and the mm-hmm. dude like. Um, so I was supposed to hand the award. He had no idea what to do, and then Robin Williams. Pop, um, he pulled the, Kanye, yeah, pulled the Kanye, but good. Yeah, pulled a Kanye, but good. Yeah, uh, he came up and like you know just started, you know, uh, making the crowd laugh and everything. And then when she, once the actress finally showed up, he had like a towel on his arm. Just goes like, here you go. because chances are she did. She didn't have time to like dry her hands or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I, you know. I
0: just. I feel a little bit validated for you guys to like... Because I think you've, you've always vibed with me about the whole Globe situation. Because I've always felt for me uh, as a telecast, they've just been better. They've, they've done so many things better. And I'll, I'll also say this too, even though some of... Um, not some. A lot of critics who are tightly knit in that whole town and everything, they'll crucify me for saying this. But I often feel a lot of the times... They've got better winners too <laughs> at the globes and the oscars.
2: Honestly, I mean, like in the one that we're about to talk about, um I'm like kind of really happy with the outcome of the winners, not the whole show. Um I feel like we were all very like surprised at what was happening. Yes. Uh in the best way.
0: Yes. Yes, uh, and and please, for those of you who are watching, listening, we will get to the winners. Don't worry; that's the whole second half of this five-hour podcast. Don't worry. Uh, kidding. Although I don't even know how three long minutes. this. Three, yeah, three minutes. <laughs> this three-minute podcast. Um. Yeah, I've I've just yeah, I, I I agree completely with that sentiment. They've just to me and always they're because they're the first major award show of the year. I've always looked forward to them. Oftentimes, in these le- recent years, because I've become more and more obsessed with films and award season, the Globes are the ones who I look forward to the most. And it also, I think, there's also something, something special about them. Beginning the year, they set the tone. You know, last year, and and again, <coughs> a lot of people want to make the argument that they don't matter. Okay, yes, they don't ha- the none of those people have any kind of um carryover with the other groups okay sure but a lot of the times the globes do end up getting correctly the people who end up winning the oscars so there's that but also they change the game just by happening nobody was talking about angela bassett at all Coming close to a victory until she won something at the Golden Globes just last year for Wakanda Forever. Now, mm-hmm. that didn't ultimately pan out, but then again, I gotta be, and I have to say this. I think it doesn't matter if they were predictive or not. Like, the reason why I have such a disdain for the Critics' Choice, which air this week apparently, on the CW. Who's gonna watch that? Who watches the <laughs> CW? Um, But I'll watch it just to see what Chelsea Handler has to say about Joe Coy, since apparently they dated. And it's funny to me how- Is she hosting? She's hosting, yes. That is so
2: (laughs) funny. They dated for like a a good while.
0: Yes. In the old Chelsea Lately days. I need to Um, see that. Yeah. Mm. I'm hoping she brings- (laughs) I I hope she brings it up, you know? Um, And ultimately, I think Chelsea Handler is- what, as far as comedians are concerned- I, I wouldn't say she's the funniest, but I I hmm. like her. She's a really good presence. Um, and I feel like she would have been a better... I just
2: feel she's so unhinged in the most calming way. And I don't know how she does it.
0: I know. So, but I don't know. I guess she has a contact with the critics choice for whatever reason. Interesting. But if the Globes were so smart, funny. they would... I know. I know. How that happened? I don't know. I guess there is such a thing as divine intervention, right? Because who else <laughs> could have made up could really have made this up. I
2: would be so... I mean, I, I'm i sure he's embarrassed, but I would be so scared for if it was Joe Coy. Yeah,
0: I, I'm sure he'll be okay. I, I would be far more worried if somehow they invi- the Globes invited Ricky to Gervais to come back next year because then he for that sure would make a joke so <laughs> about so this thing. I know. I hope they so, do. <laughs> but... Um, the reason why I don't like the critics' choice is because they – also, also this hypocrisy. They wear it on their sleeve that they want to be known as the ones that predict the Oscars better than anybody else. And so what do they do? They keep their voting open until after the Globes have aired so they can see who won and either rubber stamp the people who won or course correct and change it. Yes, I'm not kidding you. The Critics' no, Choice... Bye. Yes, exactly. So, they don't even have the spine to stand up on their own convictions. They wait for the Globes to go first, see who they picked, and then turn in their ballots after the fact. Bye. Yes. Yeah. So, um, there's that whole situation. And don't even get me started, because for years and years, we've teared into how... Atrocious and honestly kind of disgusting. A lot of the people who vote at the Academy Awards are every year. Variety and Hollywood Reporter release their secret ballots and a lot of the things that they say. I mean, I'll give you an example. Um, one Oscar voter said that she refused to vote for Jonathan Price in the two popes because, Oh, I can't be seen supporting the Pope.
2: Okay. This
0: isn't a joke. Good
3: for
0: you. This isn't a joke. This is a hundred percent real. A hundred percent real. And that's just what I mean. This. I mean, the one that always made me laugh was 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 the one voter that said that you know I like Chadwick Boseman, but he's dead. I want to vote for somebody who's alive. That is so- <laughs> And 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 they say shit like this all the time, all the time. There were a lot of ballots that came out that were saying that, um, um, Michelle Williams's performance in The Fabelmans was, I don't know if they were saying it was anti-Semitic, but it was just uh like a caricature or something. Um, there there was even a lot of voters, some voters that were like laughing at it, saying like, of course, a white person's like trauma would be a divorce yeah i i I, it is bad it is like so again (laughs) that's who they are look (laughs) they do this a lot uh this is the, the the same people who who like you know they pride themselves on you know um they denied eddie murphy an Academy Award because Norbit came out and Norbit existed. Eddie Murphy was up for an award for supporting actor for Dreamgirls. He was going to win. He was the front runner. Norbit came out and they were like, we can't be seen with him. But it's Eddie (laughs) Murphy. He's a legend. It doesn't matter if he had like a Norbit situation, like whatever. Like, mm-hmm. he deserved to win, probably. And then I, I didn't even know this, but I heard one of the Oscarologists say that um, Eddie Murphy was so pissed off, he walked away. He walked out of the room when that happened. Um yeah. When he lost. Um that didn't, uh director...
1: Shown- oh
0: was it the director of black Klansman?
1: he walked out when he lost
0: him no yo know, no he walked out when green book won which yeah. is i I want to applaud that because that that was not the appropriate winner but you know he spike Lee won that yeah. night he won for screenplay and, and of course spike Lee would of course yeah. he would do that but it's just like but it was also just kind of ridiculous because that movie had a whole bunch of scandals too um like the director of that movie Green book Exposed his genitalia in several movie likes uh, movie sets, and he, he won. He got he won an Academy Award that night. Also, do we all forget the the year that Roman Polanski won Best Picture um, for The Pianist, and everybody in the room gave him a standing ovation. <laughs> Or when um this a lot of shit happens at the Oscars. Or when Brokeback Mountain lost to Crash. Because Brokeback Mountain was like winning Let's everything. Crash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've never seen it. Um and of course one of the bigger ones, uh one of the more influential ones, The Dark Knight being snubbed, which inevitably left left them needing to change a lot of the <coughs> rules for uh the number of nominees they include in best picture um so yeah but going back to the globes though uh i think what makes them fun is so many kooky and wacky moments happen i mean not just in the monologues themselves and the jokes but everybody is having such a really good time and even the presenters let loose and then if they go on the stage late enough they've had enough this is one year i think emma thompson this was the year she was nominated for Saving Mr. Banks. She went up there. She was she was drunk. She even took off her heels while she yeah. was on the stage because she couldn't <laughs> take it. That was like, and then she I think she like she was burping also a little bit because she was like that hammered. Um, but that's the kind of stuff that makes the globe so special in the yeah. first place, and it it, it makes uh, this, it makes them feel like was, real. Uh, people.
2: There was a uh, one of the people that played the Queen in the Crown. She was also drunk.
0: Is it Olivia uh, Colman?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. she won, like, the last time. No, I think it was, like, two time, a time before that. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, freaking out.
0: <laughs> her speech is always the best, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, she gives amazing speeches. Uh, Olivia Coleman. It goes to show you, you should give her an award anytime she is, like, uh, on screen. Um, even in Wonka, why not? She was there. She did. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's such a... It's always been, like, a really... Fun show to watch. And as I mentioned, as far as like, to me, they have been the blueprint as to how to do award shows, but they've also, they've done something kind of revolutionary as opposed to the other shows. And they had the novel idea of hiring people who are actually funny. Sorry, not sorry. And look, even the Globes themselves, some years, especially in recent years, they fumbled the ball. I mean, I remember, I've been watching the Globes for over 10 years now. There have been some hosts that have not been very memorable. They brought Seth Meyers. I don't have – I don't dislike Seth Meyers, but he ain't the kind of person for yeah. the show. They brought in Jimmy Fallon one time. That was a disaster too. Nobody laughed at that either. That was not great either. But nobody <laughs> remembers it because Jimmy Fallon's Jimmy Fallon. He's kind of a joke himself in this, I guess, by today's standards. Uh, they even had one year where they paired Andy Sandberg with um, with um, Sandra Oh. It was okay. Not very memorable. You even forgot that even happened. That's how forgettable.
2: Yeah. These are
0: these are very different years that this she happened. Did
2: Anne Hathaway host the Oscars one time?
0: With with, with James Franco, yeah. Yeah. It, it mm. was even I think uh one of the years that Tina and Amy hosted. I think Tina made the joke of like um she was praising her performance, Hathaway's performance in lame is saying that um I've never seen anybody so abandoned since uh, you hosted with James Franco at the at the Oscars.
2: <laughs> but you know what? Good for Anne Hathaway because I don't think a lot of actors have done that, right?
0: No, I, that was the last. So- t- that was the last time <laughs> actors Listen, even put themselves in that position. I would be.
2: I don't care if it might have been the worst, but I would be flaunting that I hosted the Oscars.
0: The same way that um, Halle Berry flaunted her um, her winning the the Mm Razzie for Catwoman and gave a Mm -hmm. whole acceptance speech back when the Razzies were fun. Um, Just own it, you know. Yeah. That's that that. It's just this is all fun, meaningless nonsense anyway. Like why not just have fun with it? Not be so freaking serious about it. But like going more to the point, Tina and Amy and Ricky. I feel like we're truly gifts to the lexicon of like award shows. Like, to me, there's hardly a miss in any of their like monologues. And those are monologues that I revisit every year when the Globes come back around. And I, I needed it more this year than any other year because of how bad these last two years were in particular. Yeah. So this whole week, I've been like watching all those monologues, Ricky and, and Tina and Amy. And goodness, like some of the, the the Ricky jokes over the years have been, I mean, he made an Epstein joke. He made a Harvey Weinstein joke about, there was a this joke about like uh, Sandra Bullock and Bird Box and people having to move around with like <laughs> pretending they don't see anything. And like, and he said, sort of like working for Harvey Weinstein, which is something that all of you did. Um, even he made like a, a Jeffrey Epstein killing himself joke, which is like, shut up. I know he was your friend. I don't care. Um, so there, but those oh are funny God. though. That's I so feel like, funny. That's the thing. It's like, if you're funny, at least we can excuse it. You know, it's like, not that Not that I feel like we need to limit comedy. I have never been one of those people. Um, I'm also not one of those people who are like, against the wo- against the woke like f- of course i'm not one of them i mean i bitch about the anti-woke people every week on this show so don't even mm-hmm. get me lumped in with that um but it's just like those were funny jokes i mean th- uh, we're not we're not I getting guess, into like, the
2: difference is like the joke is towards not them secret. yes yes yeah. yes them at their
0: that was that same year he where he he uh he noted that uh he called out tim cook in the audience saying that this is the first year that apple got into into streaming shows and then reminded about all the sweatshops they run in china um as a company (laughs) and then made the joke of like yeah you say you're woke but if isis started a streaming service (laughs) you would all sign up wouldn't you um like (laughs) (laughs) you see how these jokes still hit because they're still relevant like i'm sorry you're never gonna do any better than ricky gervais for me and my sense of humor i know a lot of people hate him and his whole persona i don't care the man has always been funny especially at these settings he i mean he made like a mal gibson joke out when the whole thing but i think i feel like what always made the globe successful and his and tina and amy's monologue successful was because they their monologues were not solely about the movies but they were they kind of they did their best to touch on all on the biggest Hollywood stories that came out of that given year so throughout the years I watched all these monologues they touched on um what on the Justin Bieber pregnancy thing that happened they touched on Kim Kardashian being married to that guy for like 40 some days they touched on (laughs) Charlie Sheen blowing up his career and getting fired from two and a half men
2: there was there's this um I don't even know what award show it was. I don't even know if it was. I, I think it was the Golden Globes because both of them were on stage. Um, but every time I see a video of that, I, I never skip it. I watch it till the end and it's, um, them presenting like a lifetime award to George Clooney and they're giving all these praises to his wife, uh, about like all the work that she's done. And then they go, and tonight, her husband is getting an award.
0: That's Tina Fey. That's Tina Fey's one. There was another joke of, of uh, at Clooney's expense. Um, I think it was the year before um, or after, where he was in the movie Gravity. And I think it was, I think it was Amy that said another movie about how George Clooney would either float <laughs> away and die, and then be with another woman his own age. <laughs> um, you see how these jokes just cut deep. Um... But yeah, they they touched on uh, you know, the controversy of you know streaming and um, also you know there were for I think for two or three years in a row Ricky was like laughing at NBC for how how low ratings they had. Um, I think he called um, himself. I think the joke was like Britain's number one comedian, comedian with the world's uh, second largest award show and on America's third biggest network. Sorry, fourth. Um,
2: like the fact that there was no joke about everything Anything? that happened with the strikes
0: mm-hmm. like would you even know they happened this year? what what, like, what did happen right like that So before we I know before we get to, to that whole situation, the point is um, I feel ultimately, if you want to know what the Globes are about, go look at Gervais and Polar and Faye and look at what they did. And again, none of those jokes, or I should say, for all of those years that Tina, Amy, and Ricky were on for their, their seasons, the Oscars would have hosts and not once would their jokes come close to having the bite. And I think what also made them work was, they were, they, okay, it wasn't just funny, but... They were in relation to the people who were in the room. They were in relation to the awards themselves, the awards culture themselves, the people who are watching at home for various reasons. Um, also, Joan Rivers passed away in the last 10 years, and I also feel like that's kind of contributed to the downfall of award season as well, because she also was an amazing insult comic, um, one of the best ever. Um, and her, her absence has been felt, at least for me. And then also the whole fashion police thing blew up as well, so... That's that's a whole separate awards culture that died out years ago because of another controversy that I'm not even going to touch. Um, the less said about that, the better. Um, but yeah, you, you can't really compare anything to what the Oscars have done because I think to me, everything that's funny about the Oscars was completely an accident. Yeah. It, <laughs> completely an accident. Like all those fuck-ups that i told you about will smith chadwick boseman the well la la Land wasn't even funny um mm. but the, the other, <laughs> the other ones were uh, not to me not to me that was, i want to go on a murder spree at that point yeah no but they were all complete accident and so ultimately and then we get to gerard carmichael last year and that was look I think a lot of people I've seen who were like defending him have kind of like, okay, well maybe that was way out of his league and he's not the best. His personality is not the best for what the Globes required. I think what what these last two years hosts have in common is that neither of them were appropriate for this setting and for the people who inhabit this space for very different reasons. Gerard Carmichael last year was brought in in large part because he was black and i can say that because the globes admitted this themselves because they needed somebody to they needed more positive pr this comes after the fact that um they were canceled because they didn't have a black member so of course they brought him on and the globes are not above and never have been being ridiculed Ricky Gervais did that every year and he did mm-hmm. it amazingly as did Amy Poehler I mean Ricky Gervais called the Hollywood Foreign Press vegetables one year um, he also called them racist one year as well it's like they're old a lot of different things that's not what happened the problem was that Gerard Carmichael in my view was not attempting a traditional comedic monologue he wasn't attempting anything comedic in the least when he, it felt like he was there giving a TED talk more than anything. That's the worst audience for a TED talk. That's the worst venue for a TED talk, if anything. And look, I'm not even saying that they shouldn't, the Globes themselves didn't deserve the ridicule. Of course they did. It's awful they didn't have a single black person and of all the other things. But this is supposed to be a fun show. And. He really got things off in a bad way last year. There was even a moment where he like he sat down. He was looking down as he was walking a lot of the times. He would rarely make eye contact with any of the people. It was one of the most awkward experiences I've ever seen, ever, period. But also at an award show. And I think all of us were in agreement when that happened in real mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Amazingly, though, amazingly, somehow the show recovered dramatically after he basically left and we got to the winners. Cause I feel like to me last year's was one of my favorites for a reason. All the winners were like, not only great picks, but their speeches, in particular, were very memorable. I still remember, you know, Mike White winning for the the, the White Lotus, Jennifer Coolidge, mm-hmm. even the TV winners. I got into like um, Ryan Murphy getting a Lifetime Achievement Award. That was mm-hmm. a great speech. Um, winners they didn't they do see... it this year, huh? <sighs> they. I just, I just they they didn't do it because they needed space to fill in their stand up comedy award and their box office achievement award. Doesn't that make you even angrier now? Mm-hmm. They didn't do it this year because they didn't have the time to fill. Instead, I mean, they replaced it
1: with yes. Go ahead, David. I, I don't mind the stand-up comedy award one. I think that was pretty cool. Um, I don't mind that. I, for, I don't mind that they exist. What
0: I mind is how much time they take up. That's the yeah. problem. We didn't need to see like fucking. A minute and a half long clip of all the nominees. And there were like eight nominees in each of those categories. Yeah. That was the problem. And they showed clips for those categories when they didn't give us any clips of the actual acting nominees. hmm Yeah. That was a bad decision. And they and yeah. they just like – and I, I know why they did it was because while these are our two new categories, we want to give them a big spotlight, but it did not land well. And it took way too long, and you sacrificed the TV and the movie Lifetime Achievement Awards <coughs> for this.
2: That's crazy.
0: <sighs> yeah, it's it's very bad. Also, is last that year, the,
2: um, that's not the Carol Burnett. The Carol Burnett. Burnett.
0: It's the it's is the, that yeah. one. The TV one is the Carol Burnett Award, and and the movie one is Cecil B. DeMille Award. Yeah. Whatever. They didn't do it this year because they needed to show off new categories which ultimately I feel was a mistake. Um, Other winners last year, I mean, we got got the first opportunity to see Ki Hoi Kwan and Michelle Yeoh Mm -hmm. have beautiful acceptance speeches. We also got to see people who would ultimately not win anymore, but they won something. Colin Farrell for Banshees. Yeah. Martin McDonough won screenplay and best picture comedy. Yes. Spielberg for directing and drama. Absolutely. Of course, I love that. so that was
2: uh, the one. Uh, Guillermo del Toro did his speech, right? Because then yes. when he went to the Oscars, he just said he the kept repeating thing. the same thing. Yeah, yeah, the
0: same thing. So yeah. Also, uh, another benefit is that uh, some of the winners that go all the way to the Oscars, winning the same categories, give the exact same speech. So by the time we get to the Oscars, it's like okay, I'm done. So the Globes going first, they avoid that situation. You mm-hmm. know um but you know the globes go their own way and i i I feel like to me you know you know what i'm going to save this bit for later on i'm just going to stay stay on this part anyway i enjoyed last year's ceremony a lot even though the host was terrible this year while i say the winners were great and again more on that later on I think I can speak for all of us here where this year's show was easily one of the least enjoyable in the history of this show um, for a myriad of reasons, actually. Um, and I feel like, uh, I don't know what exactly happened. We have to, we, we can't ignore the fact that a big change happened, which is they went from NBC to CBS and I don't know how much of the same team stayed over from one network to the other. I don't know how much of the writing team stayed over, how much of the production team. And those are huge uh, essentials to see if you can be pulled off successfully or not. And I just feel like as an award show, the Globes kind of did everything wrong except for the winners themselves. Um, and again, before we even get to the host... There was there. Here's the big problem. Yes, they took place in the same hotel uh ballroom they always do. But they went from five acting nominees to six acting nominees in every category. And I'm I'm for that. But there was people were much more cramped. Also, Mm -hmm. they made it they but you know what also changed? Why it looked more cramped and smaller? They had the stupid ass decision to extend the stage from the front of the room to all the way to the center of the room. They had like this circular platform, yeah. if you yeah. notice that. And so they would walk up to be in the middle of the audience so that the host and the presenters would have people on all three sides, like a peninsula. Whereas in the other years, that wouldn't, that wouldn't exist. That space is for freaking tables to be there and stars mm-hmm. to be there. And the stage is the stage. And honestly, they should just go back to that because – Them even extending the stage outward was a disaster for a lot of reasons, not just the cramped space, but also they did this really awkward thing where depending on who came out as far as presenters, they would either look this way or they would look that way or they would look this way. They would have like all their backs turned to Mm -hmm. whoever would be behind them just because they wanted to show off some like, okay, I'll even call myself out. You know how I have my TV behind me and I have like a little bit of an effect that's what they wanted to do, which is that they had like a little like LED wall panel off mm-hmm. in the distance where they would show off, you know, who won and everything, but it, 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 it didn't work ultimately it, it, and it made the presenters look even more stiff because they were so close together. The camera was so zoomed yeah. into them as well. The whole thing was a complete misfire on top and this is where you can tell the writing really fell off hard. It, it was bad enough that the host was what the host was. But a lot of the material, a lot of the banter they gave these presenters was terrible on top of it being long. There is it no reason. Really it was, yeah. all of them were really long and it made it feel even longer. There was no need for that. Just say, Hey, I'm this person and I'm that person. And here are the nominees for this category. It's hmm. that simple. And this is the thing that not, that all award shows need to understand. Nobody at home, and I would even honestly wager that most of the people who were in those rooms do not like that. Do not like the banter. It's not funny. It's mm-hmm. not clever. The only moments that worked were by dumb luck. Like, hey, if anything, anytime you bring Will Farrell or Kristen Wiig, you're going to make people laugh. Yeah. But that's how because they're talented. Go figure, yeah, go, yeah, go, yeah. go hire talented people, you know? Because it's the... Yeah. And and there was this wonderful interaction between um John Batiste and Andre Day, and that felt natural. It didn't even feel scripted at all. Um so again, a lot of the best moments on the show have happened have happened with no script. Like that moment years ago where Natalie Portman just so like went for insane and the all male nominees for best director are <laughs> Which changed the culture in a way because look how much more how many more women have been getting nominated for best director at all of these award shows lately. Mm -hmm. At least one woman a year, which is, you know, hey, that's very low expectations, but that's a significant improvement from zero women a year (laughs) being nominated for best director. You know? So it's like again, those we I think this year's show was missing a lot. It was missing the usual writing. It was missing the production value. It was also just missing the off script moments. It was missing the chaos. Yeah. It was way too like structured. And, and I think that I, I, they, I felt like they felt so much pressure to be on yeah. top of it that they forgot to be themselves. You know, the, the whole point, even Gervais said this one of the years he hosted like the Globes. Are to the Oscars what Kim Kardashian is to Kate Middleton. You know, a bit drunker, a bit trashier. You know, it's just. It, 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 but that—that's what makes them fun, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's their identity, and I feel like this year they forgot to be themselves. They were trying to be the Oscars, and it didn't really work out that well for them. You know, um, so that was a disappointment in and of itself. before I move off of the presenters, were there any others? That stood out like i think a lot of them were just flat out bad um it
2: was pretty bad and man. and i like didn't realize that what they were doing was really long and you could tell um how cramped they were yeah. that was crazy how long it took them to get to the stage <laughs> and they literally yeah. were all uh, like not a single person was like where do i like Straight every the time stage, the bear like, or
0: beef won they would take them like five minutes to get from like they were at the back of the room all yeah. the way to the, to why the stage why would they do
2: that too mm-hmm. like that was crazy you
1: just hear the especially music repeat over and over and over I know over. especially like, oh when
0: like especially when you know of course they were gonna win everything so like you should maybe put them closer but one of the ongoing jokes is the TV people are made to sit on the balcony seating and the movie people sit right front and center that's that's kind of how it's been like for the entire history of the Globes, mm-hmm. so that's
2: even. Uh, my dad was like, "Damn, what the fuck? They're like going through a fucking maze."
0: <laughs> <laughs> they really are, and again, like, there's it made a big difference because again, in every acting nominee, it wasn't just five five people; it was six people now per nom- per category. So mm-hmm. a lot more people. Oh, one of the funniest moments I will say. Um, I don't know whose idea it was to sit Jared Leto. Um, Nicolas Cage and Joaquin oh, Phoenix yeah. at the same table <laughs> but if you noticed by the end of the night everybody abandoned Jared Leto and he was sitting by himself on that table I'm not even joking go back and look at those pictures he was just there and he, he seemed fine just happy to be there but the whole table had just left him there was nobody there I bet Nick Cage just left to go celebrate his birthday um, which I would too Um,
2: I would too.
0: Instead of sitting with Jared Leto of all people that's just like (laughs) that was just funny I mean again the the best moments are the moments that you couldn't like plan for like everyone's talking about Timmy and Kylie is that her name? Mm -hmm. Them basically you know doing what couples of that age do um, especially in Hollywood in front of everybody and then everybody wants to know What the hell was what what tea was Selena Gomez spilling to Taylor Swift (laughs) um, during the commercial? The the commercial. I wish they had a camera for the commercial breaks. uh, That way we can see all of the people who were interacting and talking because those are some of the best moments of the whole show. I, I think a lot of people were talking about how they were speculating that Selena Gomez had like asked for a picture with Timmy and Kylie, and they said, and Kylie said no, and that's what. She was spilling tea at Taylor Swift about... I don't know if that's true. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily... I wouldn't say that that's untrue, but I don't know. But, again, <laughs> David, go ahead. This is. <laughs> I, just, I just remember the
1: moment uh, with Jennifer Lawrence... Um, when they were awarding for Best Actress or something like that. Yes. And she, they point the camera at her and she, and she just mouths... If I don't win, I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, so yeah she poetic. mouthed... At, again, she's somebody who is
0: also a comedic talent as well. Not a comedian, but she's been in a lot of comedic performances... Why shouldn't she host a show? Especially, she's very well-liked Um She's Jennifer hosted
2: um, the... I don't, I don't remember if it was Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel.
0: Mm.
2: Uh, she's hosted for him before, and she did really good.
0: Because she's Jennifer I Lawrence. Mean,
2: yeah. Uh, she's kind of I mean, good at
0: whatever she does. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not an award show, but I think she would be pretty good.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. But yeah, you're right, David. That was a, a great moment as well. Yeah. Um, that happened Um, yeah it's like look those are the moments that should have been seen on TV and unfortunately not many of them happened first of all but hardly any of them happened when they should have happened Um, which is in front of our I mean in front of our faces when we're actually watching the damn thing in the first place
2: and they didn't air the red carpet
0: that's true yeah Although be, I love be, the red carpet. I think um, next time Try, I think E still does the red carpets for the Golden Globe. I, I,
2: I heard that they didn't do it this year. Maybe they did. I don't know. But I heard that they that didn't That would
0: be do... weird. <laughs> I know that on ABC, the Oscars have like a, on ABC television network, they do a red carpet show. But for all the other ones, I do believe that E usually just are the only ones that air it Mm -hmm. to do the red carpet um yeah so that was an element of the show that was that was missing as well so i guess we got uh, all the the meme worthy moments all the viral moments happened in the most unfortunate of circumstances (laughs) Um, and I guess this kind of brings us to the elephant in the room. Um, Alexis, I think um, I got I to gotta admit to you. Um, when I read a few weeks ago that uh, CBS had hired Joe Coy to host the show, I was like, okay, let's see how this goes. Um, and you had an interesting, when, when you asked a question in the last recording that you and I did you asked who's hosting, and I told you it was Joe Coy, and you were like, hmm, okay. I feel like some of those suspicions were very much validated um, <laughs> with what transpired on that show. Um, Do you guys want to leave this off? Because... Uh,
2: <laughs> I mean, I think I was the first one to be like, what the fuck's going on?
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was it was so bad. Look it it was not funny. He was so awkward and everybody's faces in the room was what was making me laugh. Because we were all making the same face at home and in the show. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um it was
1: pretty
2: bad like i i i think i said at least he's kind of better than the one from last year but like not by much
1: <laughs> if at all mm-hmm. I, I remember <laughs> the moment something fell off was when i uh went right up next to ale and i was like are they putting a laugh track <laughs> in the show <laughs> like it just felt the last felt so Literally, nobody fake. was laughing and I just wasn't sure what's going on. And I mean, yeah, his jokes, I... You were listening to it before we started here, and then they were just, like, cheap shots, honestly. It <laughs> wasn't... They were easy.
0: They were, like... I feel yeah. like those are jokes that a fifth grader would write. Um, it, it was just... To me, unfortunately... And then he just gave up.
2: He just gave up.
1: So, the show, I mean... <laughs>
2: Yeah, like, he didn't show up for, like, the last half of the show. I literally, like, towards the end was like, did he get kicked out? Yeah. Like, did they... um, and then just his comment of, I got hired 10 days ago. Please.
0: You know a monologue is going... It's going great, right? When... And I counted this, too, because I... Uh, before we started doing this podcast i was re-watching it just to make sure i had it fresh in my mind for you guys of course not that i wanted to watch it again but three minutes and 35 seconds into the monologue is when he starts throwing his writers under the bus oh
2: my god
0: three minutes and 35 seconds into a 10 minute
2: monologue (gasps) thought that the presenters taking that long was because he legit got kicked out.
0: Some people were actually saying that too. I noticed that chatter. It's like, why are they taking up so much time um, Mm -hmm. in the presenting categories? Like, And where's
2: Joe Coy? (laughs) (laughs) I listen, his jokes were pretty bad and I really did not like that Barbie joke. Like, Who I did? Was, Who on earth? So Ryan bad. Gosling
0: didn't like it. I mean, it was, there was so a big, bad. I think one of the worst moments, I know everyone's talking about the, the, the Taylor Swift moment, but one of the worst moments for him was when he was making that very bad Barbie joke and then it cuts to Ryan Gosling and he's just like...
2: Really? Like, and then wasn't it cuts to Greta Gerwig. Please. Um...
0: I, it was I, a Barbie I mean, booby I'm, joke, by the way, which is so, that so stupid. stupid. Um, That's the thing, too, is that the jokes were they were bad in various different kinds of ways. It, it, I think to me, just to say that it was unfunny is not doing it justice. I feel, ultimately, Joe Koi gave a legendary performance that will go down in infamy as one of the worst presentations on any award show in throughout the history of mankind. Why? Because every single joke was all kinds of unfunny, stupid. Irrelevant and tone deaf. On top, of like it in- was.
2: We were talking about it. What we were you were saying earlier? Like every every joke before, or like the jokes that land is at the expense of, like the people, not what you're there for. Like, does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. not what they're getting awards for. And he kind of did the opposite, and you know. It just did not work <laughs> because like- a lot of these movies talk about serious things and talk yeah. about, you know, and it's like, uh,
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, I feel like there was always some kind of state of uh, the state of Hollywood or um, a commentary of the state of movies. Every time that Tina, Amy and Ricky hosted, there was like, if it somehow came together. You know, for some kind of a theme. But this guy was just like going around and making like the easiest jokes and thinking somehow that they would be funny. Like, to me, one of the most like boring, lame, and intellectually insulting jokes that he made, which there were most of them, mind you, but the one that I think made the least amount of sense. And again, like, this is... like You've never seen a person bomb this hard when he is like... Okay, he's calling out a particular project and then he sets up the joke. He does the punchline. It cuts to the actors and they're confused. That's yeah. and, and what I mentioned with Oppenheimer. He was making a joke about Oppenheimer being the longest movie of the year, which makes no sense because that was Flower Moon, first of all. If it was a mm-hmm. Flower Moon joke, maybe it would make more sense. But then also... Oppenheimer made almost a billion dollars. A lot. Most people watched the movie and got through it because they watched it in theaters. So that joke just makes no sense on any level. And so it cuts to RDJ, and he's like, "Yeah, real, like he's just like raising his eyebrow, like really? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the joke again. How it cut to Ryan Gosling with that whole Barbie mm-hmm. booby joke, which just that was the point where it just went downhill. Yeah, and then." When he realized that uh, that was happening, he then cut to, like, I got this job 10 days ago. Um, And then he was saying that the jokes that you're laughing at are mine and the ones that you're not are theirs. That is Throwing your whole team under the bus on live television in real time as your comedy routine is bombing. And the thing is it was so bad because like it was it started off badly but it kept getting worse like he was turning the whole room against them i didn't hear this clearly but according to some reports of people who were in the room um it was going so poorly at one point that he made a joke about flower moon which i think to me was one of the least offensive jokes because there was a kernel of truth that yes, white people steal everything, and yes, that's in a in a way what Flower Moon was saying, and that mm-hmm. even and also Flower Moon itself acknowledged that the people who made the film in and of itself were not necessarily the people to tell the story. We've talked about that when we did our review of Flower Moon, but evidently Koi didn't know that, and so him making a joke about that felt very tone deaf. Clearly. ...didn't get the movie if he watched the movie... ...and when he made that joke and cut to Marty... ...he's like doing a polite smile... ...but you hear boos in the background... ...for that joke... ...that he made. Damn. And again... like one, ...there was this really... ...again a lot of the jokes just like what? One about... ...something about being a character actress... ...there's this like shot of him... ...looking out at the sea of people... ...he, he does the joke... And I'm not even kidding you, I watched it right back. In successive order, no one laughs. And then you see Selena Gomez do this. And then Harrison Ford, and then no, at the same time that Selena Gomez does this, Helen Mirren at the front does a face palm. Harrison Ford, who's behind Helen Mirren, looks at her, just, and then just does a. Like, can you believe this guy? Like, nobody in the room was enjoying it. You've never seen a room turn on a on a host like that that quickly into the night which only just i think illustrated to you how inept uh of a decision it was to hire him and how out of his depth he was to yeah. even be there in the first place you can only get away with telling these jokes if one they're funny and two if they know you nobody in that room knew who Joy joyco joe coy was <laughs> Nobody knew who that was and now they know him and now, now he will do. never, ever be invited back um, to host anything because I think um, – what was it? Someone posted on, uh, on, on the Gold Derby uh, one that um, – not, not Gold Derby, I think it was Variety. One of, one of them was saying that a well-known director, which I don't know – I mean – Nolan was it Spielberg was it cuz they were all in the room was it Scorsese mm-hmm. was, it, was it Cooper lanthimos Screwgig like who who was in the room that that fits that bill but they were referred to as a well-known r- director was saying that they got everybody in the room because and that was in reference to the globes for the last few years were panicked that nobody would want to come after after Tom mm-hmm. Cruise sent them back their awards like they were like oh shit are we done done isn't it is anybody want to come back but really our celebrity is going to like miss an opportunity to (laughs) to (laughs) celebrate themselves of course not that of course they got uncancelled and everything so yeah so the director was saying everybody's here they got everybody and look there were so many big stars jennifer lopez was there ben affleck matt damon taylor swift oprah was there um you know meryl streep like the, the biggest stars were literally there um and the director uh, went on to say that, and this is who they, and this is what they give us.
2: They're not wrong. No,
0: not even in the least. Um, so it, it was, and then the monologue ended, and then somehow the next time he came out, he ended up making an even bigger ass of himself, if that was even possible. Yeah. The Taylor Swift joke. I'm sorry. The Taylor Swift joke. Um, because then it cut to her again. That's like she must have been like the third or fourth person to where she was just like,
2: no, nah. nah.
0: <laughs> and look, it's just I feel like you look at the reviews; it's unanimous. Perhaps the single worst you've ever seen. Yeah. And I, I just like, man, I can only imagine, uh, cause you guys watched it together and you're like, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it was so bad. The show never recovered. It, it, mm-hmm. it didn't recover. And then, cause it kept messing up in a number of other areas. And so like, okay, to me, it kind of made the case that. You, this show only ever works if you get some. Maybe if you only ever get Amy or Tina or Ricky, but that's not fair. You need to have other people there. But it's also, I think we're getting to the point where a lot of like high profile, talented comedians don't want this job Mm -hmm. because it feels thankless. Like Kevin Hart got fired before he even got to the stage. Chris Rock made a joke and got slapped for it. Now they're just here with Joe Coy. It's like it feels more and more like they just. Are no longer interested.
2: And then I feel like. uh, In general. Comedians have been getting. So much shit. Uh Uh-huh. Some well-deserved. Others. (laughs) I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just hard. You know. And it's. So many. um, You get. you, You don't.
1: Yes, David. Sorry. You guys keep freezing up on me, so I'm going to hang up real quick. Sorry. I think oh. it's you. You're frozen right now.
0: <laughs> I know. Wow. Him, trying, him trying to blame it on us, right? Yeah, okay, I'm going to hang up.
2: The writers. <laughs> the writers! <laughs> so he's blaming
0: it on us, like, what? We're not freezing. <laughs> not that I know of. Um. Yeah, well, I guess that's going to keep happening. I don't know what's going on there. Um... So, yeah, I gotta say, like, to me, if you're the if you're the Globes, I, and I don't know if CBS would be interested in doing this, who knows? But like, uh, I, I should say though, the ratings did go up. Um, they they kind of went up by check out what the the figure was, but they had like around. Almost 10 million viewers uh, this year, which, again, 10 million viewers for – in 2024, 10 million viewers really are kind of the equivalent of, like, 40 or 50 at this point because of how most people have fallen off of traditional television and cable television, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're right, Alexis. How – incredibly inept are you as a host when you can't bring yourself to acknowledge the freaking strikes? Yeah. That, like, you know, shut Hollywood down. The strikes, for example, I mean...
2: I was honestly waiting for them to bring it up, and it just was never brought up. And I feel like that would be so easy to do. Yeah. I don't know. It's so funny because I don't know if you guys saw videos of like people criticizing him and what he did and then him saying uh, I got hired 10 days ago and literally everybody was like I had to turn in a project two hours before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you mean? 10 days is like a whole year. <laughs> So people were like, um, professors don't even uh, give you a project 10 days before. They give you like (laughs) a few days.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I wish I'd have 10 days before something was due. (laughs) Um, But uh, what was I saying before? Um, The Globes viewers went up a whole 50% from last year which i think is in large part to it being on a different network that has more viewers in large part due to it being on a sunday instead of a tuesday and in large part to people who are just having the tv on after their nfl football which mm-hmm. is what you know ultimately that's that's the facts and i think that's ultimately a win i think that that was a much needed positive headline for the globes coming out of this was to have that ratings headline um because I feel like with this, at least for another year, anyway, they've secured um, another uh, season, I guess, for for next year for 2025. You would just hope, though, that um,
2: they're prepared. Either they
0: pick somebody better, or they just don't even bother with a host
2: mm-hmm.
0: because that's kind of what it's come what it's come down to. Because it was just it was so painful. I was literally on the whole time it was happening. After the three minute point, I was on my phone looking at the Twitter reactions instead of the actual monologue itself. Mm. That's where we were at. And that's not a success. And also just, again, for the show being on a new network and a new home, that was just not the right foot
2: to start things off with, with somebody that badly. And I would... And then can you imagine the glows without a host and without, like, scripts? They're all drunk people, like... (laughs)
0: Um, I know. (laughs) That's why it's like I. Do whatever you can to bring Ricky Gervais back. That's just my <laughs> argument.
2: He didn't even he won. And he didn't just... even That's the funny I forgot he won <laughs> I, couldn't really,
0: he...
1: I couldn't really <laughs> to make a joke about that. I thought there was I thought they were gonna be like, "Oh, Ricky Gervais is not here today, they kicked him out, <laughs> like or something like that. Or like just be right. Just say some kind of dumb joke at least, but no, nothing.
0: I mean Tina F. A. and Amy when, made that joke yeah. one time, uh the the year that they replaced them, where they said Ricky Gervais could not be here tonight because he technically no longer is in show business. Like you see, it's just as easy as that.
2: <laughs> oh God!
0: Like Those him not being there ones.
2: to accept the award, and they couldn't make a joke after. Mm. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. Like if they if they want to be who they should be, get bring him back and and lean more into that. My hope is the reason why it was felt like it was more tame was because they were trying to be more conventional, which mm-hmm. that's not what the Globes are. They never have been that. Um, and CBS should take it to heart um, how badly this was received. And I would hope so. I know for one thing, Koi's not coming back, not because he bombed, but because Wait. but because he bombed with the people in the room.
1: What? How about- so i don't know what's going on like you were really freezing up this time and now for some reason it's glitching out on me what the fuck obs is glitching out on you no it was skype for sure but that was so weird like you were like just kept freezing it oh, <laughs>
0: um i don't know if that was intentional or not um it's okay, people. We're gonna have tech issues, um, at least for the video side of things. David, um if if that continues to happen throughout, just feel free to eject yourself and then come back into it. Um uh just yeah, if it depends not to happen, freezing at all. Yeah, like I, I'm experiencing no issues and right. I'm, I'm sure it's all on it. your end, but again, that's not me blaming you. It's just it is what it is. So if it continues to happen, just try and like exit out and come back in if it's because i guess it's gonna keep happening mm. um unfortunately but um yeah that's kind of where it is also um but um that being said i i guess i'll, I'll say this uh joe joe koi did a really bad job but i guess the other people <laughs> who will host can only go up from there um Jimmy Kimmel isn't my favorite host, but he's not the worst. And so, he Mm -hmm. brings some material that's good enough. And so, whatever. He's, I guess, the Oscar. He's the only person that seemingly wants to host the Oscars. So, Mm -hmm. I guess it's going to be him. Um, Anyway, that's the show, ultimately. Uh, So, I guess we can now transition into the winners. Um, I'm going to start off with the TV winners because there's so little to say about that um i don't watch succession Mm -hmm. i I don't don't watch i don't watch the bear and i don't watch beef so the fact that it won all but one of the tv awards would probably indicate to you that i largely was indifferent to what was going on now that being said um, with some exceptions, I enjoyed seeing Stephen Yen go up there to collect any kind of prize, and so I'm happy his career is taking off. Um, as is Ali Wong, so good for them. Um, of course, my favorite one was Elizabeth Debicki, surprisingly winning for her performance as uh, Princess Diana for season six, the final season of The Crown, which we recently did a review on that on this channel. If you want to. Look into that one of our, uh, our, I think it was our last episode titled Long Live the Crown. So look out for that one. Um,
2: My dad was really excited for the guy who played Prince Charles to win. And then he did not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like, look, again, in the past also, it, it largely depends if you're a fan of the show, if it wins. Like, I think, I know last year I forgot to mention that one of the biggest surprises was when House of the Dragon won Best Drama Series. Yeah. That was a big fucking surprise. They didn't even believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think half of them were drunk or not even there when yeah. they went to the stage. So, Only
2: three people of the show were there. And all drunk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, it matters obviously when you have shows that you like that win because then you feel much more invested in it. But when it comes to shows that you don't watch and that okay, I don't care. Like and for for me anyway, I'm so happy Succession is over because I am ready for it to be over.
2: Like they years, won everything every year they win everything. Which is like and good for like, them, and I'm sure it's a good show. I just have not watched it, but and
0: I'm not going over. to. Then I'm not going to. I'm just like, I, I haven't watched it and at this point I'm not going to and fine. It's my choice. I don't care but it's just like, there's no need for one TV show to win everything. <laughs> there's no need for that. And so, and guess what? The Emmys are like, next week, the same shit will happen there. Matthew McFadden, Kieran Culkin, uh, Snook something, uh Jeremy Strong and Succession. It's like, boom. There you go. Easiest predictions in the world. It's just like so I'm just I'm sick of seeing their faces. I'm sick of <laughs> hearing about how great that show is. At the same time, I'm not gonna No. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Um Yeah, the TV. <laughs> and also Be a Bear is not even a comedy. The Bear is not even a comedy. And yet it's in comedy because it's a half-hour show.
2: There was one... Was that the one that won like comedy or musical? Yeah, I I remember saying that, and I was like, that's neither, though. Nope. Hmm.
0: It's not either of those things. The only reason it's in that category is because evidently, Hollywood considers every show that's half-hour to be a comedy no matter what. And if it's an hour show, it's a drama. (laughs) Stupid, right? Yeah, They're just stupid people that were... I'm talking about so yeah because um, there were legitimate comedies in the category but they never win because the one drama masquerading as a comedy ends up winning okay so the TVs I mean I would have loved to have seen Dominic win uh, I believe Dominic West for Prince Charles that would have been an amazing win that didn't happen so basically every person that won, well, you'll see a repeat at the, at the Emmys, so, which we're not gonna watch or talk about because we, we basically saw them at the Golden Globe. So I don't need to see, I don't need to see another broadcast of, of that bullshit happening. And also, while we're raging about TV things, this is why I, I, I can't bring myself to care that much about covering the TV awards because of how full of shit they are. Like, just this week, the Screen Actors Guild Award had a whole category for action ensemble right and who do they nominate Ahsoka and the Mandalorian (laughs) two of the five nominees being from the two worst Star Wars shows (laughs) (laughs) so it's like I don't believe that you watch these things (laughs) If you watch these things, you wouldn't have them anywhere near you. You only nominated them because they're popular. Yeah. So, that's why when it comes to the, the the TV Academy, they're even more stupid. And even stupider than that are the recording academy, which are the Grammys. I don't even fuck with them. I don't watch. I haven't watched that show in years and years and years. Um even though sometimes they have good winners, but ultimately, I don't know. They, they haven't felt worthwhile to me. I haven't watched the Grammys in, like, a long time.
2: Same. Um,
0: so. And CBS also has the Grammys, so. Damn. Um, yeah. CBS has the Grammys and now the Golden Globes. Um, And uh, the Emmys switch because they all share them. One year that's on CBS, one year's on Fox, one year's on ABC. And then ABC has the Oscars. Um, And then um for the other shows, and then this is where I feel bad is the movie shows who are being, like, so... Uh, SAG this year will be on Netflix, so there's that.
2: Interesting.
0: Um, and uh, yeah, that's the TV side of things. Not very interesting to me. So, and then last year, I can't say I watched many of those shows, but I was happy for who won, so that made mm-hmm. those speeches worthwhile. So this year, again, even more reasons to not care about this broadcast overall as a whole. All right, now getting into the actual. Uh, winners that matter the movies um let me go ahead and and read off all the winners because i i I do want to check also what our predictions were uh go through them they're not very many of them see which ones we got right and which ones we got wrong so for best uh box office um achievement barbie um we got that right obviously yeah um here's what i'll say about this There's a lot of things to criticize the Golden Globes for. There's a lot of things to criticize award shows for. There's a lot of things to criticize the award season for. I think we're all of our times are better suited to actually criticizing those things instead of just harping over and over and over again about how stupid the box office award is. Is it dumb? Yes. Can we move on? Can we actually get to the heart of, like, all these different issues that make these shows kind of suck in the first place? Um, Ultimately, though, it was nice to see Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig go up on that stage, accept a prize for the movie. And, you know, I told you, these people care about those awards, even if it's a dumb thing like box office. Margot Robbie very much loved. Their speech was really good yes it was and so and i was happy to have that moment and obviously we all knew the only reason this thing was created in the first place was to um
2: to get them up on the stage did not know taylor swift was nominated so that was kind of a good surprise too (laughs) well
0: that's why she was there (laughs) i know yeah
2: i literally was like why is she there i did not know so when her thing came up i was like oh okay that's cool yeah
0: So, just a name check. We got that prediction right, David. Uh, And then some people were saying that Taylor would have won for the Ares Tour, which I think the Old Globes might have gone for that. (laughs) Uh, You know, who knows? Um,
2: I think I even said that. I was like, is she going to get nominated? (laughs) Uh,
0: The one category, David, that you and I didn't even acknowledge because I don't know what happened. I just forgot it existed was the stand-up one uh there hmm. were a lot of nominees i forget all of them i think amy schumer wanda sykes ricky gervais uh I chris, thought chris rock. rock was gonna win yeah but well, i'm also I...
2: like not into comedy specials yeah
0: yeah that was the I'm only not one i knew
2: yeah about so, yeah
0: i'm i'm the same way too but i feel like if if uh i think it was pretty obvious it was gonna go to ricky Because he just has that relationship with the Globes. So, it's like – I was happy to see overall that there were like – there were hints of the old Globes in there somewhere with those wins. So, they're still around. um, Although maybe not as overwhelming as they used to be. But yeah, he won for the best stand-up one. So, those are the the two brand new ones. The next category was for um, the foreign language film one. And you and I got that one wrong. Well, I should say I got that one wrong. I thought they would go for Past Lives because Past Lives got more nominations than the ultimate winner here, Anatomy of the Fall. And Past Lives got a directing nomination. Anatomy of the Fall did not. So I was thinking that okay, well, they're just going to go with the movie they like the most, and it seemed by these nominations it was Past Lives, and mm-hmm. Past Lives went home empty-handed, which kind of made me yeah, sad, because that film deserves something. Um, I thought it might have had a chance in screenplay, even. Um, and there's some people who think, though, that the Oscar race might come down to Past Lives and Anatomy for Best Original Screenplay. Honestly, mm-hmm. an an-
2: Anatomy winning was a good... It was a good surprise. And they
0: Yes. They, they won a it, it, lot. It, I mean of the hey, big ones. To name check, it, it won it won two major awards that I didn't see coming. So one of the one of the ones that we just mentioned was the foreign language movie, but the other one was screenplay. Yeah. Nobody saw that coming. Even on Gold Derby, it was fifth or no, it was sixth in the odds to win for screenplay. Um I had poor things winning. A lot of people had Barbie winning um which could have been very reasonable choices themselves but mm-hmm. Anatomy winning that's big and well deserved um for that film as well. Uh so be- and also, there was a point where I'm like uh oh did are they going to give Sandra Hewler the the best actress award um for that movie because she was going up against Gladstone in um best mm-hmm. actress. But that ultimately did not happen. And so one of the other ones that we did get right was Lily Gladstone for Best Actress Drama in Flower Moon. Um, The Boy and the Heron surprised a lot of people. Uh, Evidently a lot of people, well not us, but because you and I David were like, it could go either way. So we were prepared for anyone to win here. But a lot of people I found out were kind of surprised because I think the odds on favorite was Spider-Verse. But Boy and the Heron uh ended up winning here um a couple of things to say about that um i would say that for me anyway i'm unique in that i think i i i love both films equally for very different ways so it's just kind of like ooh, how do you pick because i think they're both deserving of this prize and they're both deserving of best picture nominees if you ask me so how do you pick well uh, I think the thing that I said would hurt Spider-Verse hurt it here, which was it's a sequel Mm
3: -hmm. and the
0: globes don't nominate, don't award movie sequels or animated sequels. They didn't, the the one year that everybody was giving it to Toy Story four, they were the only ones to not give it to Toy Story four. They gave it to missing link from Leica animation.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, so it wasn't really that big of a surprise. Um, at least for me, anyway, and also it was a much more a lot of international movies won. I thought it was gonna have a leg up in that department, but you know what? I also thought was you know it was pretty remarkable um, when it came out the following day, the actual stats that were attached to um, the Boy and the Heron. It's it, it was a historic win because this was the first Japanese animated film to win at the Golden Globes. Uh, this was the first hand drawn animated movie to win at the golden globes uh the first what uh, i know Mm -hmm. the first hand-drawn animated film to win because i don't think it's been around as long because remember the animated feature film category at the oscars only began in 2001 it wasn't around for that long and so the globes i think were came around 10 years later it's the first pg-13 animated film to win uh, best um, animated feature it is the first Studio Ghibli distributed movie to win it's the first Miyazaki movie to win <laughs> uh, so a lot of firsts there and so I guess when you when you take that into consideration long overdue <laughs> long overdue for all of those things to happen and hey we're in 2024 and a hand drawn animated film won over yeah. the other 3D animated movies that's progress in my view <laughs> That, that's coming back home here. So this is a win to celebrate. Spider-Verse obviously was equally deserving, if not more so, uh, for a lot of other people. And I, I, I will say, though, I do think that Spider-Verse has a better chance to win at the Oscars because the Oscars are a much larger group of voters, and here's the difference. And this is why the nominees are always a little bit different than, than the winners, because... The nominees, only the costume people nominate the costume nominees. Only the animators nominate the animated nominees. Only the songwriters nominate the songs. The directors nominate the directors. But when it comes to the voting, every member of the Academy can vote on any category. And so oftentimes it's the most popular one. I think Spider-Verse is more popular than Boy and the Heron. And I think that's the one that's going to win the Oscar. And if that's the case, great. Which to me, I go back to this. I am a proponent of different movies winning at different shows. What is the point of having like five different shows if the same winners are going to yeah. collect prizes at, at the exact same categories? It gets boring when you do that. So that's why I hope for different winners. Um, Also, uh, you could see that uh, Florence P was excited. Uh, I wish that she would have been designated to... Say something. Mark Hamill was also in attendance uh, because he presented the other award earlier. So it's like, I, I don't I know. And you know, Gloss yeah. was there. Joe Hisaishi was there, but he can't speak fluently in English. So I understand maybe he not, he not wanting to put himself in that position. I get that. Um, Although I feel like if he won, maybe his translator would have come up with him. The the thing, like Bong Joon Ho had when he won uh, all those yeah. awards a few years ago. So mm-hmm. enough people involved with the movie were there they should have been allowed to come yeah, up and say I, something
2: i i was pretty sad that nobody said anything
0: cuz they came and it went like and those are the yeah. ones especially like when anthony hopkins won for best actor but then again that was a whole different situation <laughs> um that year anyway um but yeah i was just i was happy to see um that happen um for that movie and um i mean i'm not saying boy and the heron can't win the rest of them but i've been saying that it's been pretty split you know spider verse does better with other groups and boy and the heron does better with other ones i mean so we'll see where it goes the critics choice have this category too this coming week so we, we will see which one they end up going with but the critics choice themselves were skewered because they left off Spider-Verse off of their Best Picture list. And why were they skewered? Because if you look at that critic score, that's one of their favorite movies of the year across the Spider-Verse. And why didn't it get in? Maybe because they know the Oscars are not going to nominate an animated film for Best Picture. (gasps) That's why. And they want to predict the Oscars. They don't actually want to be themselves. But then again, Critics' Choice, they're just copycats. They're nobody. So anyway um that was animated feature um original song this is actually really enjoyed um seeing billie eilish win we got this one right this is a very easy one to, to expect and it's a great song too not that i not that i ever said it wasn't i've always thought it was a perfect song for the movie and to me you can also even make the argument that what was i made for well was even more impactful than I'm just Ken for the Barbie movie because of its scene. And I've been I don't know, I know we've we've talked last week how a lot of people were like filming reactions to Saltburn <laughs> for the moments on TikTok. I've been seeing on TikTok pop up people react to the Barbie scene. That moment where, you know, real Pearlman is holding Margot Robbie's hands and just like feel and the whole montage happens with the song playing over it. That's an emotional moment. That's one of the most memorable moments of cinema last year. And that song in and of itself, to me, is just simply one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. Yeah. And the more I hear it, the more I love it.
2: And I don't know if you guys have seen videos of uh, Billie Eilish talking about when she wrote the song and what the song means to her. Like, the speech that she gave was just kind of like a little itty bitty part of it. Uh, But her actually talking about the song... um, I, I, for me it just makes me like love the song even more
0: yeah and i think it always had this quality and it still has this quality that whenever it comes up whenever i hear it there's a party that gets a little bit emotional kind of reminds me of like when i first heard one of the best songs ever featured in any movie and as it turns out a previous golden globe winner for best picture comedy or musical toy story 2 when she loved me by sarah mclaughlin that's one of those moments where it just sticks out in your mind of like damn that was a gut punch right there um which by the way also kudos to the globes i did not know this but i looked into their history not only did they give their best picture prize to toy story 2 they also gave it to the lion king back in the day Mm -hmm. um like when both of those movies weren't even nominated for best picture at the academy awards so just nice. another reason exactly um so yeah it, it this one seems to me like she's going to win everywhere it, yeah. it it feels definitively done like and it's funny how people were saying that um billie eilish is going to win her second oscar before bradley cooper wins his first <laughs>
3: That's
0: so mean. <laughs> also, Billie Eilish is going to win her second Oscar when Diane Warren can't even win one. She, uh, Diane Warren is a frequent songwriter. She writes songs for movies every year, and she's a 13, 14-time nominee. Never won once. Uh, I know. It's <laughs> quite shocking. Um, but she, her songs usually come from movies nobody watches anyway. But she does have an honorary Oscar. Like, this past week... Um, Angela Bassett got her honorary Oscar, uh, which I'm sure somebody made a couple of phone calls because she was not happy last year uh, when she lost to Jamie Lee Curtis uh, for Best Supporting Actress. Um, yeah, if you look at her face, she was just devastated. But she got the honorary Oscar now, so that that's somewhat changed. So we, got, we predicted Billie Eilish, and that's what ended up happening for that one. So that was correct. The next one we also got right, which was for Best Original Score, Ludwig Gorenson for Oppenheimer, which makes sense. And by the way, that Oppenheimer train is rolling. They're doing like just this week. What's happened in the news? It wins five Golden Globe Awards. It also um, is back in theaters in IMAX and it's selling out. It's hitting streaming for the first time on Peacock made available. Um... It, it, it's got everything going for it. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it is a runaway train that can't be stopped. More on that in a bit. But this score. Oh, and, and they also did a, Nolan and Goranson hosted a, um, a concert with Goranson doing a live orchestra of the score to the movie. So nice. they are campaigning hard. Like Nolan is not going to let this slip through his fingers. Like he is doing all of it. Um and it just he's lucky that he has a beloved film on his hands and that's what's mm-hmm. going on here. Um did this deserve to win? Hell yeah it did. It's an amazing mm-hmm. score. We all kind of like we're calling it out when we we saw the film. Um that being said though, this category actually had a lot of great nominees. It had the score from Past Lives, the one from Poor Things which when you see it is one of the most yeah. unique unique sounding scores as Even well. Even when they
2: played it um when they were announcing it, like it just sounds so cool.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, they also had um, the Flower Moon score, which came from the late great Robbie Robertson, who was his last collaboration um with uh, Marty Scorsese. Um, that was also here. But they also had the two animated scores: Spider Verse from Daniel Pemberton, and then of course uh, Boy in the Hair and Joe Hisaishi, who. Again, it's ridiculous how this was Hisaishi's first ever nomination. Uh, On Twitter, I saw a compilation of all of his scores for Miyazaki's movies, and I'm like, (laughs) how has this man never won, let alone be nominated? It's insane to me. So, yeah, David and I were both like rooting for Joe Hisaishi, but it wasn't a surprise that Ludwig won here uh, for Oppenheimer um there were i will say though as far as like what this category would look like with the academy i'm scared for a couple of reasons and i'm scared because if anyone's getting bumped off of course it would be the animated movies that are the first to go and they only have five so you're gonna have your oppenheimer you're gonna have your poor things you're gonna have your flower moon that leaves two Un, and that's very unlikely that they're both going to get in. So I'm already being, preparing myself for the worst. But it also, um, what are some other contenders? The zone of interest. No, no, never mind. That, that, got, that got disqualified. The Barbie score could get in here because Barbie is getting a lot of nominations. Mark Ronson, I think, did a great score for Barbie. I was actually hearing it this past weekend. And I'm like, okay, I can see that getting in here. And I wouldn't be angry. I mean, I don't think it's any better than the the ones that, that the Globes nominated, but I could see it getting in here. Um, but here's the other thing, because the Grammys just did this too, and David and I were just like, oh God. And every person that brings this up, we're like, what if they just do this? And it's just like, but why? What if they freaking nominate John Williams for Indiana Jones?
1: Oh, no. <laughs> yeah.
0: What work. do you
2: mean the Grammys just did this?
0: <laughs> the Grammys nominated. They have a category of movie scores and they nominated well, yeah, Indiana yeah, Jones. Yeah. And the Dial of Destiny.
2: And took out what?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Um And here's the scary part is like I don't know if the Lucasfilm team is just like if they've got like an inside thing going on. But Indiana Jones also made the long list for best visual effects. So it might get in there too. And if you get one nominee, your one nomination, you're likely to get another nomination. Also, again, this past week, the SAG nominated it for best stunts. (laughs) No. So I unfortunately have to say There is a threat that Indiana Jones comes out with two nominations for score and for visual effects, neither of which it deserves. Not even in the least. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah, that, that would be quite bad. So that is score. And I feel ultimately this is another one of those categories that's just locked. Ludwig will most likely win all of them. Uh, the next one, screenplay we talked about already. This one's open because uh nobody saw Anatomy winning. I was yeah. happy to see them winning. Um This is actually one I can tell you. I'm not sure because I think it depends on the day. I can I see I feel like Op-
2: this is this is the one where we're like we don't know.
0: Yeah, it could go to Oppie. It could go to Barbie, maybe even Killers. Uh, because if, if you're not you're not going to give Marty directing clearly you're not at this point if you want to give mm-hmm. him something this is the one place you can because he has a screenplay credit on this too so I can or anatomy no 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 anatomy no no so this is the thing Globes has one screenplay category it went up against all of these and beat the rest of them
3: mm-hmm. at
0: the Oscars there's two screenplay categories there's original and then there's adapted Barbie Oppie and Flower Moon are all in adapted but anatomy is an original and will compete against um either american fiction may december Saltburn, maybe if it gets in there and and, and um, past lives um, maybe even the zone of interest as well so those are the, the those are the nominees on that side of it um oh yeah poor things is also in adapted as well so there's gonna be best picture contenders in that category so the screenplays are both very interesting uh mm-hmm. races and this didn't make it any clear who's gonna win. Which I yeah. love because I <laughs> and an award season I want this to keep going. I don't want to already know who's gonna win uh everything, you know? So um and by the way, I think all of them would be deserved winners. And that's yeah. rare. Yeah. Like to me, if you ask me, what would I think would win? Well, ultimately I think Oppie is in the in the lead for picture. And screenplay and picture usually are connected. So, I would think that Oppie would win for a screenplay. At the same time, man, would it be amazing if we got Greta Gerwig and Noah Baum back up there for Barbie. Because that was like such an inventive screenplay. Such yeah. wholly unique unto its own. And they deserve something big, honestly. You know? That's a win I think that Barbie truly deserves to be yeah. up there. But then again, the adaptation for Flower Moon was incredible. Like, that was a true, like, <laughs> I mean... There's so
2: many!
0: And then, when, and then when you watch Poor Things, too, because Poor Things is one of the funniest mm-hmm. scripts of the whole year as well. So, this one, we ultimately got wrong, as I mentioned earlier, Poor Things Lost, but Anatomy won here, which we're not too mad about because it makes it for an interesting race. So, we're good on that. The next one was Supporting Actor, RDJ, 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 RDJ. And you know, mm-hmm. I gotta say this. Um... It's amazing to me how you know, it makes me feel like, man, was Dalian Junior even acting on those Marvel movies? Because it, it, it felt like Tony Stark was there. Just it, it's the it's the same person. It's not even like like oh a little bit of separation. It's the exact same person. He just went. I, I felt like I watched Tony Stark accept the Golden Globe Award, which was kind of surreal in a way. Yeah. But, this was one of the easier ones to call we all had a feeling walking out of Oppenheimer months ago that this is the kind of role these people love to award R. D. J. DJ has won before this might be his one of his more like memorable roles in his career it's a big film as well it's kind of it kind of was a no brainer even though any other winner here would have been wonderful as well yeah <laughs> Yeah, like De Niro. I just want
2: all of them to win. Yeah, when they, like, I remember that one when they were announcing each person. I'd be like, Oh yeah, yeah.
0: De Niro, Ruffalo, and Gosling also were in that. Defoe also was in here as yeah. well.
2: Yeah, I honestly, I want Mark Ruffalo to win. I haven't even seen the movie. I just want him to win. <laughs> yeah.
0: Again, I I mentioned last week the the best performance he's ever given and one of the most memorable he's ever given and one of the most comedic performances I think I've ever seen Um, but
2: you can say that about all of them (laughs) yes
0: that's the thing too Um, yeah I really wish we would have different winners at different shows that way we could keep things interesting and like I would love and they could
2: each give their own speech exactly exactly how I
0: feel finally somebody that gets me here it's like that's what I've been saying the whole time um, one thing I will say though is that um, a development happened this past week where Charles Melton for May December may be out of the running for even a nomination because the Screen Actors Guild did not include him uh, on their list. They got Ruffalo, uh, De Niro, Gosling, and Downey Jr., but they included Defoe. And Willem Dafoe is somebody who is like, he just got a star in the Hollywood on the Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame uh, a few days ago.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: He's a beloved treasure. Uh, I think with this group, and especially with actors. And so, and keep in mind also. This category does double nominees a lot. Last year, we had Barry Keoghan and Brendan Gleeson. The year before that, it was um, Cody Smith-McPhee and um, Jesse Plemons for The Power of the Dog. Um, a lot of people were thinking because of how... St- and it's not impossible. This could happen still. Oppenheimer being such a big movie where you could have both RDJ and maybe even also Matt Damon uh, pop in here for supporting actor. Not that he deserves it over anybody else in that movie, but just saying that he's a big Hollywood what name. What about
2: one of the actors from past lives?
0: I wish. Well, they should all be nominated, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Tio Liu, uh, no, Tio, You and uh, John Magaro should be included. And Greta Lee also, I, I just realized, shit, none of them are gonna get nominated at the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Fuck, they should all be in there. Should all be in there. Um... Maybe Gridley sneaks in, but that's it. The other ones are just not they're not appearing anywhere else, which yeah. is it's messed up. Um but um what was I saying before? Um May December is not doing well these last few nominations rounds. It's not winning anything. Charles Melton was left off, and so it's now an open race for who gets in the category. But I did want to say this, I want to stop here and acknowledge the um, the nominations of the Screen Actors Guild Awards because there's been some controversy and here's another dumb rule that needs to change. So, did you know that at the Screen Actors Guild Awards, their big award is Best Ensemble Cast. But even if your movie gets nominated, it doesn't mean you as an actor are included just by being in the movie, which is stupid because like the... Award is ensemble cast. Here's the thing. If you're if you are a big name and your agent negotiates you getting a single title card at the end of the credits, you are eligible to appear on this list. If you're a low-time actor that doesn't have a big agent and doesn't do many movies, you're not gonna get you're gonna your name is gonna appear with a, with five other names in the same card. Mm-hmm. And that means you're ineligible. And you know what that means? It means that when Barbie this week was nominated for Best Ensemble Cast, you know who was included? Michael Cera, Helen Mirren, but you know who was left off? Simu Liu.
1: Hmm. I feel like everyone should be in it, though.
0: That's <laughs> <Not just laughs> what I was saying, right? You know who are the only people nominated for Flower Moon? Um... Let me see here. <sighs> um, <laughs> so, okay, you, you got... I think... I'm trying to see how many of them were actually... Okay. Jesse Plemons got in for playing the FBI officer. John Lithgow for the lawyer who was there. Uh, Brendan Fraser, who was there for a few minutes. Um, Of course, the big stars, Leo, Robert De Niro, and Lily Gladstone. And, of course, um, the one... Other native actor who played, um, Lily's mom, Su- Susie Q, um, Lizzie Q, uh, played by Tantu, uh, Cardinal was there. That's it. Mm. Of the huge cast that's in Killers of the Flower Moon, those are the only names included nominated for best ensemble cast. In Oppenheimer, that had a large cast. Do you know who, <gasps> do you know who oh, was? Oh, no. Do you want to know who was included there? Well... I don't... I mean, of course, Killian and Emily uh, were included, um, as well as uh, Robert Downey Jr., but unfortunately, there were some people who were left off that... um, To me, is quite stupid here. So, give me a chance here to find exactly where. Okay, so here it is. So for Barbie, the people nominated were Michael Sarah, Will Ferrell, Will Farrell, I'm sorry, America Ferrera, Ryan Gosling, Ariana Greenblatt, Kate McKinnon, Helen Mirren, Rhea Perlman, who played Ruth, Issa Rae, and Margot Robbie. That means Simu Liu was not there. Judy Gotwell was not there. Um, all the others uh, um, Oppenheimer, these are the only ones who were nominated. Casey Affleck <laughs> <laughs> Emily Blunt, <laughs> Kenneth Branagh, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr. Josh Harnett, Rami Malik. Killian Murphy, and Florence Pugh. You know who was not in that list? Um, I'm going to pull up the full cast list right now on Letterboxd, that way I have it in front of me, of Oppenheimer. The people who were not included in that list, who played substantial roles in the movie Oppenheimer, um, include, well, Benny Safdie. Um, Jason Clark, who played uh, the prosecutor. He was a big part of that film, especially in the last hour. Um, Wait. He was not nominated? No, he wasn't included. He didn't <gasps> get a single title card. Nope. Uh, I know. Uh, Alden Ehrenreich was not a lot of the movie. He wasn't included he- in the nominees. David Crumholtz. Who played one of Oppie's closest friends with the glasses always had food uh-huh. with him. He was not included <gasps> on the list. All three of those characters have a lot of screen time in that film yeah. and are substantial players in the movie. Nowhere to be seen in that list for the Screen Actors Guild. All because their agents couldn't negotiate them having a single title card at the end credits.
1: <laughs> it's a weird category. Uh,
2: that is, it's a SAG
1: thing. That's what I the thought. It was are.
2: just the whole movie gets.
1: You
0: would think, right? Because, duh. But
2: that's wild.
0: <sighs> yeah. So I just wanted to take the time to call out that foolishness because that needs to change. That's just terrible. A lot of those actors it's just not fair they don't have yeah. the opportunities that the bigger ones have and this film being in this movie was a big plus for their careers so they should be nominated I don't get mm-hmm. it like you it also doesn't make any sense because I remember in the three years that Orange is a New Black won for best ensemble in a comedy series or drama series um, like 40 people came up there on that stage because, duh, it was a large ensemble. hmm I, I, I don't understand. Um, and I'm upset. So I'm going to move on from this. Anyway, I yes. feel like RDJ seems to have this in the bag. It's not going to change. Um, best actor drama. We got this wrong. I got this wrong. Because I was thinking, well, if anyone's going to give Cooper uh, an award... would seem to be them but you know what i should have remembered that these were the people who chose (laughs) bohemian rhapsody over him twice the last time around so i shouldn't have i think it's looking like bradley cooper is one of those people that just gets nominated but never wins because that it's been 10 years now and this just keeps blowing up in his face. And it was also it felt mean that when he lost, the moment he lost, the camera cut to him, and then after Killian finished his speech, the come the camera cut back to him.
3: Oh, that's so
2: <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs>
0: so he didn't
2: win. He literally just had to sit there. <laughs> this is fine. Oh my god. It literally looked like he wanted to cry.
0: Honestly, yeah. You could tell, cause, I mean, and he does it to himself, I mean, he makes it obvious, like, how he feels about it. And we know how he felt about it. It's not nice to lose, especially when you're Bradley Cooper. But then again, considering how many times he's lost, he should be used to it at this point. Um, it's just the reality of it. But I gotta tell you though, um, I was genuinely excited to see Killian win because he is another one of those actors that is not necessarily a leading man, not in the traditional sense. And he's most known for his collaborations with Nolan. And I think it's just really kind of appropriate that he's winning at the same time as Nolan is because those two have been, as Nolan mm-hmm. said himself, partners in crime for many, many years. And truly, I, it's, it's hard to see any actor who got the exposure and got the chance to play a big character like J. Robert Oppenheimer did last year ever coming again. Like you can make the argument that this is the best role that Murphy will ever get. Not that he won't get good roles later on, but this one probably will be the one he's most remembered for. Um, and it was perfection. That performance carries the movie. Yes. there. That movie has amazing supporting players, but you're, you're left on every word. Uh, of his performance and he absolutely i feel to me gave the best performance of any of those there i mean i wasn't expecting barry to win even though i was happy to see him there so i was happy for the nomination so i'm not gonna be mad at that um but speaking of actor um best actor comedy uh paul giamatti was an easy call and he's all he also given a, a really good speech as well and it makes you wonder i think the race very clearly this one is more competitive i think it does come down to is it going to go to paul giamatti or killian murphy and both of them have the same but also a little bit different narratives they have both have been overlooked in the past um and they've both never won before so i guess it comes down to this Come to when we get to the Oscar night. How dominating is Oppenheimer going to be? And is it going to be so dominating that it offsets the love for The Holdovers? Because The Holdovers is another film that is beloved by a lot of these people. Paul Giamatti never having won before. This kind of seems like the perfect opportunity to give him an Oscar.
2: Both of their actors won.
0: That's right. The holdovers is one too for supporting actress as well with Devine Joy Randolph. So, and that could be repeated as well at the Academy. It's not impossible. Um, so we will see when it comes to Paul Giamatti. But I think he he could pull it off in the end. Um, I don't know which way SAG is gonna go. Um, the actors. Are they, are they gonna give it to Killian? Are they gonna give it to Giamatti? Um, as you mentioned supporting actress went to divine joy randolph i gotta say i thought she was great in the film i really like the holdovers i think what's really surprising about the fact that she's winning is that it's a really subdued performance it's not over the top it's not the classy kind of performance that these people tend to go for like in particular um, any of the women in the color purple, which by the way, just continues to get kicked in the face every day and every week. Color Purple left off everybody's list. The 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 producers the producers guild today didn't nominate it for Best Picture, which means it's been eliminated effectively from Best Picture at the Academy Awards. And at this point, people are saying it'll be lucky to get one nomination for Danielle Brooks and Supporting Actress which is sad because I feel it is a really good movie. Uh, and what's best about it are the performances. And I feel really bad for Fantasia and for Taraji P. Hanson and also for Oprah because it's bad because Oprah got nominated the first time. The first Colored Purple got 11 nominations. Nobody won. She comes back and produces this musical version and now what, one nomination? I don't know. And Danielle Brooks is great in the film and I feel like she in normal times, would win, but it doesn't seem to be happening. And that's why it's like, eh. my overall feeling, guys, with the Globes is they were great winners, but it also, it led to some disappointment on my part because it kind of felt like a lot of these are going to be the ones that win the Oscars. And if that's the case, it almost felt like the season started and ended Mm -hmm. just then and there. And it kinda makes it for a, a less interesting race, which I bemoan because like I want this to be interesting. I want there to be a horse race. I want there to be open races. I want every category to do to make crazy picks. And not have
2: this yeah. and not everybody just every yeah. like we like we've been saying, all of these movies have been so good. Like we got so spoiled this year. Yes. Um considering everything that happened, like They all deserve to live at least once.
0: (laughs) Which brings us to best actress, which again, um, to me, I think the biggest cheers of the night, the people who were loved the most in that room, based on what I heard, Nolan, Gladstone, and Stone, Emma Stone, the two Stones. Which ultimately is what it comes down to for Best Actress. Because it's beginning to feel like it might be a Lily Gladstone sweep. Um, But something also has me feeling it ain't over till the fat lady sings, right? Because, as they say, because Emma Stone was very beloved in that crowd you can tell how much love mm-hmm. there is for her and this movie and her role in it also i know she's won a lot lily but i wouldn't doubt there would be some academy members who were like but she's supporting and emma's the lead in her movie that could still play a part yeah you never know so also emma stone Um, I believe when she won at the SAG Awards for La La Land, her movie wasn't even nominated for Ensemble that year, which was crazy to believe. But then she still won. So, as I've been saying, underestimate Emma Stone at your own peril. (laughs) Honestly. But, the way it's looking like it feels a lot like last year's race because looking back mm-hmm. on it, Michelle Yeoh, I wouldn't change her win for the world. At the same time, Kate Blanchett gave one of the best performances ever. Her best performance ever in tar. Legitimately. Um mm-hmm. I think Emma Stone may have given one of her best performances in Poor Things as well, and I think it would otherwise be a winner, but we'll see where things go. But I think Lily is winning a lot of... Here's the thing. When it comes to award season, it's not the quality that matters. You know, it's not about if you're better than... You know, if you're a better movie, it's if they like you. (laughs) Do they like you, and do they like your movie? And as Sally Field once said, They like me. They really, really like me. And you can (laughs) tell sometimes in the room who gets the loudest cheers. Last year, that was Michelle Yeoh and anybody from the Everything Everywhere team. And this year, Lily Gladstone and Emma Stone both received standing ovations. Not everybody receives standing ovations. So that tells me that they're both beloved. And it could be a tight race, and it might be a tight race. But... um, If you feel like the wind is at your back, and if you're winning everything, it's going to be harder for the Oscars to say no to you. Now that being said, that hasn't stopped them in the past before. Remember a few years ago, one of the biggest shocks was, um, well, not La La Land, obviously. That was, um, of course there's that. But I was talking about, I was thinking about Sylvester Stallone for Creed. He won everything in the lead up for Best Supporting Actor. Except the Academy Award. Damn. Hmm. (laughs) Because we can't give Rocky Balboa an Oscar. What are you... Stupid. Come on. Yeah, that's what it came down to. The same reason why Won't You Be My Neighbor, it wasn't even nominated for Best Documentary. Why? Because it was too successful. It made too much money.
2: Ridiculous.
0: Also, we didn't talk about this on this show. Oppenheimer was not nominated for visual effects. I mean, it wasn't included in the long list. Where Rebel Moon was included, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania was included for visual effects. Oppenheimer was not included because they were gloating about having no CG. (laughs) Well. Yeah.
2: All right. Yeah. Yeah
0: um ultimately though i kind of feel like maybe lily i would have preferred if lily had stayed supporting because she's still i think again she would be winning but then emma would be winning too so i kind of want to see them both win so there's that um okay uh best picture comedy was poor things we got that one right um people were thinking barbie I mean, we'll see what Critics Choice does. I, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe Critics Choice gives Barbie Best Picture. That would be mm-hmm. hilarious, but it'll also be amazing for the race as well. Um, but Poor Things is uh, one of the films in contention, and then Best Picture Drama was Oppenheimer, and then Best Director was Nolan. Here's what I'll say: mm, because I'm going to have to <laughs> get behind it because it's just not going to change. I will say I like Nolan's speech a lot, and I will say that <laughs> I will say that he was he actually came across like a human being in his speech like and to be fair, I don't have i haven't seen too many clips of him speak you know or or give I guess opinions on movies but I gotta say his whole vibe this last year has done a lot to win me over to win me over and of course Oppenheimer did a lot to win me over as well his his whole thing of like um, being a big proponent of physical media has won me over in that regard as well so yeah he's a complicated guy but (laughs) for me um, because of the whole tenant and COVID situation sure Um, which of course we all selectively just forgot right amnesia all around just Mm -hmm. amnesia all around he didn't we're gonna act like he didn't release a movie in the pandemic and act as it it was more important anyway I liked his speech. And it did, you could see that he got emotional because, you know, he said that the the last time he was on that stage was to accept for Heath Ledger, who had passed away for best supporting actor. Um, And it only just goes to show you that it is kind of ridiculous that this industry, in all of these years, and it's been, what, 15 years since The Dark Knight? But even before then? How many movies has Nolan made and how many, and most of them being huge box office hits, mind you. But Christopher Nolan perhaps is the single most influential filmmaker of the 21st century. These last 15 years have been shaped in large part because of his aesthetic, yeah. his, his his whole uh, way of movie making. The whole superhero genre was largely, mm-hmm. the whole blockbuster movie making genre was largely affected by nolan's movies and it kind of feels like a resemblance to spielberg because spielberg had this too where he was making huge box office blockbuster movies and a lot of which did receive nominations but he would never win he never received so mind you jaws was in 1976 (laughs) that got a lot of nominations but it didn't include him he was not included for best director they do that a lot like, remember how Denny Villeneuve was not included for director for Dune? Where then it got 10 other nominations? Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. But anyway, Spielberg received his first nominations in one of his movies in 1976, 1977. He did not get his first Oscar for best directing till 1994. That's crazy. For Schindler's List. <laughs> and so it kind of feels like this with Nolan where it's, he's been making movies a long time. He shaped so much of the business, so much of the industry, so much of the taste that general audiences have in movies, but he's never won anything. In fact, I think the last movie he made before Tenet, which we don't speak of apparently, uh, Dunkirk, uh, I know David, you like that movie a lot. Um, that was one of his first nominations ever uh, for Best Director, which is crazy. Yeah. So... It just, it brings attention how it is that this guy has never won before. Yeah. And him making the biggest movie of the year and you see how much the, the, the Universal campaign behind Oppenheimer is brilliant. Where the fuck were you last year with Fablemans, by the way, Universal? like That would have been nice to push that movie at all a little bit, but yeah, moving past that. Same studio that released Cats, by the way. Um... <laughs> Anyway, they lucked out with Oppenheimer, biggest movie of the year. It just, at this point, looking at it on my TV, it seemed kind of undeniable at that point that it seems to be written in the stars that Oppenheimer and Nolan are going to go hand in hand for directing and picture. Like, it, it, like, even Peter is like, it's over. And I feel like yeah. it's over. Like, even looking at the nominees, Oppenheimer is the only movie to not miss anything anything as far as nominations are concerned it's just the movie of the year the campaigns on fire it's their kind of movie it just seems like this is over am i wrong what do you guys feel
2: yeah, <laughs> it's... yeah. i and i'm fine with it like mm-hmm. it's a great film it's, it. one my, it's one of it's one of our
0: favorites of the year and it's i think it's my favorite Nolan movie besides dark knight it's 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 a truly incredible film Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, mean, I I don't
2: mind as long as Barbie wins screenplay.
0: <laughs> I would love that. that would yeah. be cool. I would love that. the The only thing is this. Um. Well, let me let me let me move back on on what I was saying with Oppenheimer. I think we all really liked or loved Oppenheimer, but I think all of us here kind of preferred. Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, <laughs> me. Um, I did too, and I feel like you know. She, why don't we yeah. each?
2: Why don't they each get an award? Right, we'll like, give it to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I agree with that. I don't care what it is. Oh, well, you know, well. well to be fair, it's gonna get. Best Actress for Lily Gladstone. You can make, I guess that that'll be its only win,
2: but it deserves so much more than just that. I I want uh, Scorsese to go up there,
0: Hmm. though. That's what I wanted to see, man. That's why I was so. I want all
2: three directors to go up there. Yes. I mean, like, I understand like the actors and stuff, and like they're obviously huge part of the movie. Yes. Like the movie wouldn't happen without them, but. I feel like this year, especially, like, the directors put so much into their movies this yes, year. Yes, yes. And I think that each of their movies means so much to them. And I'm not saying that in the past it didn't, but it just feels more that way this year for some reason. And I just want each of them to have their moment.
0: Yeah. Like, I know uh, I've been saying this about... I mean, all the. I mean, like you just said, all these directors... Same situation, but like I said last week, how awesome would it be if Hayao Miyazaki was in the conversation for a nomination? He's never been nominated. I mean, he has an honorary Oscar. He's won for animation, but it's like, when are we ever going to have an animated director get in here? And if there ever were to be one, he's the one. Yeah. And he probably made his most personal movie this year so personal a lot of people didn't get yeah. but it's very personal um to him um but i think yeah we're all in agreement it's like i i don't even care what it is at this point i would love to see marty go yeah. up there on that stage and I, i've never been be
2: more one. invested on like a director like a you know category than this year
0: I envy you because that's me every year and I get burned every year. <laughs> With the people I'm, who I'm, I'm invested in.
2: More like the actors, but yeah. this year they felt more uh mm. I mean it's all very personal stories. Yes. I mean I mean I guess you could say maybe Oppenheimer isn't one, but you could tell how much this means to him though. Like compared to like the other movies. Yeah,
0: no for sure. Um I, I gotta say though, I'm not that this was much of a secret though, but I'm growing increasingly bitter uh, of the Daniels because I feel like in one night, like, they, damn, they won so many Oscars in one night, but it's like, I don't know, like, I would have preferred. Martin McDonough for Banshees, and I obviously preferred Steven Spielberg for directing, um, because that also was a very personal film for him. Um, but yeah, I don't know what it is. It's, it's like best director. The last time I really was happy was Bong Joon Ho for Parasite, where he won. That was great. Um,. Damien Chazelle for La La Land. Mm-hmm. That was deserved, obviously. That was a good one. Um, the Oh, and Guillermo for A Shape of Water. Yes. Mm. That was great. That yeah. was also well-deserved.
2: Oh, um, the other guy. Quaron. Co- uh-huh.
0: Yeah, Quaron. He won twice for uh, Roma and for Gravity in the last few years. Wait. Also who won oh. twice, uh, Alfonso Cuaron for Roma and for Gravity. And then also Alejandro González Iñarritu for for um, The Revenant and for Birdman. Although The Revenant, eh, hmm. I think it's aged very poorly, that movie anyway. Um, thankfully that didn't win Best Picture that year, that was Spotlight. Uh, mm-hmm. Which, of course, that was the movie that should have won. Um, but yeah, I mean... I try every year and I get too invested and I get disappointed every year. But whatever. Whatevs. What what can I tell you? I'm
2: excited for this one, though.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. I'm too, but like I mentioned as well, it's like a little bit – I'm a little bit disappointed because I would have hoped for a bit more surprises. And I I am going to remain hopeful for more surprises as we go down the line to Critics' Choice, Screen Actors Guild, PGA, DGA, BAFTAs, and then finally to the Oscars. Um, But – I gotta tell you the way it's looking like. I think there's a real chance that Oppenheimer beats the record that in the modern era. Cause I know that there were movies in like in older years where they would win 10 plus, but I think like, I think Oppenheimer has a good chance. And right now, I feel personally it's gonna win nine. Damn. And that would be picture, director, actor, supporting actor, screenplay, probably editing, cinematography, uh, sound, score.
2: Damn, that's a lot.
0: Which also reminds you, though, um, another parallel to Steven Spielberg, the best night he's ever had in his whole career at the Academy was when he won most of the Oscars for Schindler's List and Jurassic Park. I think Jurassic Park won three and then Schindler's won, I don't know, five, or six, or seven.
2: <laughs>
0: so sorry two movies, two big movies, two legendary films. Um yeah so like I look I'm we're gonna stay tuned, we're gonna see where things go, but it's like were they great winners? Yeah. Did they deserve those wins? Absolutely. Were they exciting? Yeah, but it also just feels like, for me anyway, um, I care far more about having a very fluid award season than just having the same freaking people go up there and give the exact same speech time and time and time again. That's ultimately where I fall on it, where it's like, mm, yeah, I don't know about that whole thing but um i think that's kind of where we're gonna come to a close here um yeah i don't know man i i ultimately kind of left me deflated because also the globes just weren't as fun as they should be and so it was like man i'm just so sad this should have been this should have been way better than it was and it wasn't it wasn't um i do want to remind people though um before we leave uh because alexis we didn't get a chance to talk about this when you were on david was on and peter was here um about the idea that this year and, and and right now as the recording of this podcast some of you can go watch soul in theaters um but this big unprecedented move of uh, Pixar having this also a marketing campaign for Soul, Turning Red, and Luca coming to theaters for the first time because they were supposed to go to theaters the first, first time, time, but didn't go get around to doing it. But you have, you have to just look at how bad of a year, especially for animation it's been. Just today, they released the nominees for the Annie Awards. The first <gasps> time... No Disney or Pixar film has been nominated for Best Feature.
2: Damn. I mean. can't say I disagree.
0: How Except
2: for Elemental. I love Elemental.
0: I, I, I've yet to see it, but I will see it. I, I will, I, of course, I'm gonna see wish and elemental i mean we can even i don't know maybe do a reaction to that since we did oh i just should also take the time to plug our little mermaid audio commentary slash reaction that we did here on our channel david alexis and i did that they had previously seen it before that was my first time watching it i had fun um with it. i thought it was a really interesting uh reaction to that
2: <laughs> and it'll be mm-hmm. up on youtube and uh on um, our feed um I would I, like to do a reaction for Elemental with all you guys. I'm not
1: opposed to it. We can do that. I love
0: yeah,
2: that movie. And has anybody? We, yeah.
0: David, you're the only one that saw Wish.
1: Um, yeah, <laughs> for we sure. Can, we we can, can do we can do
0: it for Wish as well whenever that comes on Disney Plus. Um, why not? But it's just—it really just underscore what a what a historically bad year it's been for Disney. When they can't even get a single one of their animated movies into the Annie
2: Awards. Yeah, that's crazy.
0: I wonder can can we qualify? Can they qualify? Luca turning red and soul again? <laughs> Is it going to be in theaters um, <laughs> for the first be- time? For the first time, <laughs> not for the first time in forever. For the first time, period. <laughs> <laughs> um i know that i when turning red and luca i will for sure i don't know about soul but for turning red and luca i'm gonna go watch in theaters but for all men and if you're listening to this you haven't experienced those films in theaters do yourselves a favor and do so because that's how they were meant to be experienced and it does make a difference i gotta it tell is you it's and it's it pixar and how nice would it be to experience a really really good pixar movie in theaters um yeah. It's it's kind of... It's really hard to see how things can get any more pathetic than this. Um, <laughs> for them, anyway. What a historically bad year. And you got to wonder, what the hell is going on over there right now? With... um,
2: with I Disney mean, the or- fact that they're even doing this... I feel like you know things are pretty bad. Because mm-hmm. they did it last year with... Um, and it's, it's not like they've never done it before, but they've never done it like this, where it's like, you know, they did it last year for the 100, but like that was kind of different. <laughs> this is... Uh, I think they're desperate.
0: Um, and they should be, quite frankly, um, based on how things have gone. Um, before we leave... David, I feel like um, there should be at least some addressing to the elephant in the room. Um, Because I kind of have a. I have really mixed feelings about what has happened in the last couple of days. But I feel like my feelings for how mixed they are are no better exemplified than by saying fuck you Kevin Feige um now you can use that for a lot of different things mind you um but I feel just by me saying that should have given it away what I'm referencing um honestly full cards on the table does anybody here even care about Marvel Studios anymore Because I certainly haven't for a long time. Not as a thing, as an entity. I feel like when I walked out of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, I was like, you know what? I think I'm done with Marvel. Mm -hmm. And I kind of was, you know? I, after that, I only saw the Marvels. Which is fine. Um, but I'm like, "Eh, whatever. They're all calling, they're all gonna fall off a cliff. I mean, we're all gonna watch Deadpool 3. For sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And with the hope that it'll be really good. Um, But everything else, clearly a disaster. So what's my response to what's been happening lately with um, Daredevil? Well, I would say it is a considerable improvement that as there was breaking news that came out today as we were just uh, recording this podcast that Karen and Foggy are coming back. That is a considerable improvement. Um, Because if you recall. From the last discussion we had about this.
3: Hmm.
0: Kevin Feige's brilliant idea. Was to have them be shot. And killed off. Off screen. In the first episode. And then continue from then on out. So I ask you. I ask any reasonably sane person, what leg do you have to stand on to defend yourself that whatever this is going to be is going to be anywhere near as good as the original Daredevil? When the person still in charge, mind you, of this, it was his idea in the first place to kill off the supporting characters. And the original rebooted version was going off in a direction that very much was removing the human elements. Now, you can argue that them coming back here is them putting that back in there. But I would argue, it's not that. They're just saving face. They saw the reaction online and they were stupid enough to be surprised that people would be angry at that. So they asked them to come back. But, um, I mean, Echo had has come out in the last few days and you know, not to be unfair to Echo, it didn't receive terrible reviews. They weren't particularly that great either. Some were saying, you oh, it's a really good CW show. Okay.
2: I'm also, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm going to take this Please. in another direction. I mean, I'll bring it back, Marvel. but don't yeah. worry, you,
0: you can take it wherever you want.
2: Um, because I like before we started recording uh, watched which I don't even know if you guys knew that this is on Disney Plus, but they made a Goosebumps show. <laughs> and it's really good. Like I we me and David literally were talking when we got home from work, how we don't have anything like any shows to watch at the moment. Like we don't I mean, we're watching Percy Jackson, but that's like, you know, Once every week, Mm -hmm. but like shows to like just put in the background, shows to actually get into like nothing, Mm -hmm. nothing new anyway.
0: All all I watch is old stuff. Like for me, randomly I started watching Reba again, and I'm like, why? Because there's nothing else to watch. Mm
2: -hmm. I (laughs) have been watching Friends on the loop, like, (laughs) (laughs) um, and so I'm like, I want like I want something to watch, and I played I I watched the like five seconds. The when they came out but I had to leave or whatever and so I'm like you know what I'm just gonna put it on and see how it goes and I'm like super into it It, I'm like in episode three and the episodes are really long too or at least they feel really long but like in a good way no marketing no like nothing 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 and also I have a bone to pick uh have you heard that Sam Smith song? The... Uh, fuck, I can't, I can't even remember the song. But it's like the one of the last songs that he came out with. Which is not Disney friendly. And they're cussing on the show. They're like, you know... The one
0: from the Barbie soundtrack? Sam Smith had a song on the Barbie soundtrack. Did you hear that one? It's, um...
2: I think I'm, the song is called
0: called unholy. Oh no. The one I'm thinking about is called Man I Am. No. No.
2: Um which again, like I really like it and I really enjoy it, but it's just weird to see those things on a Disney show. Sure. Which also brings me to if they're doing this, why was that Lizzie McGuire show canceled?
0: One of the stupidest decisions <laughs> Disney has ever made. And that is a long list of stupid ass decisions, <laughs> which also, mind you, uh, last week or the last two weeks, David and I touched briefly on the Nimona movie, which I saw and really, really liked. But I, I, I didn't realize that, uh, that was one of the final projects that was in development at Blue Sky Studios, mm-hmm. which is the studio yeah. at, at ice that behind Ice Age and everything. But when they were absorbed by Disney, Due to the uh, 20th Century Fox acquisition, Disney basically shut them down. And in particular, they wanted to cancel this project because they didn't want any of the LGBTQ storylines at all. They, they, they were terrified of it. And how poetic is it that when the Annie Award nominations were announced this week, Nimona received the most nominations when not a single Disney film could get into Best Feature?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's, um, that's how Justice? I knew about the movie. <laughs> Uh, because of all all of that, and Disney didn't want to release it. I think the mo- I don't know if the movie was done.
0: It w- it wasn't but, done, but, but it, w- it was
2: like going. A already. lot of work
0: was was yeah. being done,
2: and and a lot of animators um love because I believe it was a comic
0: yeah.
2: uh like a or a graphic novel, mm-hmm. and a lot of, a lot of animators like campaign for this movie to be made. Um, and then all of that happened and like everything was lost basically um, so that like that's how I knew about the movie when it uh, before it came out um, and then they finally said like oh the, like it's coming out and everybody was so excited
0: <laughs> yeah I also feel happy I didn't mention this because that category is so dominated between Spider-Verse and uh, Boy and the Heron but because of Nimona's performance here, I'm hopeful that means it can get a guaranteed nomination at least. Um, because I believe um, instead
2: of Wish, I'm <laughs> sorry, it's
0: looking like Wish isn't going to be there because not a single song. I think Elemental
2: was... should be there.
0: I think Elemental will because I think they I think they like Pixar better than Walt Disney Animation. Pixar has won the most. Walt Disney Animation has only won for. What exactly? It was. It won Zootopia. It won Encanto, and it won Big Hero Six. I think those are the only ones.
2: It didn't win Frozen.
0: Oh yes, that's the other one. That's the other one. Of course, that one. Yeah, I forget. Even though that Moana. Yeah, no Zootopia. No.
1: It's same year. The same
0: year. Zootopia and Moana, (laughs) but they still won ultimately. Well, the rest were Pixar, I believe. Um. So. There's that, and I be- I, don't, I don't know about Mutant Mayhem. I, I think it has a good chance, but there's also Suzume, which I've yet to see. Uh, so some really good animated movies that came out this year. Um, so... Where were we? I feel like we went on so many different Sorry. directions. <laughs> Where do we go? Oh, the the, the, the show is not being... Yeah. No, but before... After that, we, we went off into like what we're watching and how there's no new shows right now. Um... Okay. Going back, trying to rewind the tape here. Um My feelings are pretty not changed. Because it's, I mean, I don't trust Kevin Feige mm-hmm. as a creative. I have completely lost faith in him. And even if somehow What he's able to produce is good. It's not going to be what the show was. Even if you bring back the same people. And also, him bringing them back just goes to show you how tone deaf he was in the first place. Am I happy those actors have jobs? Yes. But they should have been asked back in the first place. It's ridiculous that they weren't. And it's even more insulting that their characters were... um, Going to be killed off originally. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's really bad. And I don't know why this shit happens. Which, on a different tangent, have you seen what happened to the actor that played Argyle in Stranger Things? So, Argyle. Yeah, yeah. Can you believe that? What happened? They're filming Stranger Things. Argyle Argyle. was the. Yes, the long hair guide, right? Mm hmm. They're filming Stranger Things season five right now, and he didn't get a phone call to come back.
1: I don't think people liked him though in that season. I I got I can't I can't remember for sure. Did he get sure.
3: backlash?
1: I think a lot of people did really didn't like him. So, did you like him? I I liked, I liked him. I like the yeah. actor and all, and some other stuff that he's been on. Like yeah. he's always really funny for he, me at least. He
0: wasn't that big but of
1: a part. Like he yeah. I don't know. I I really. I really do feel like people didn't like him at all in that season. Are you so.
0: saying that they jar jar Binks'd him?
1: <laughs> Probably, I guess so.
0: That's unfair. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's that's just unfair. I I thought he was a very um, charismatic presence, and I it just it, it it just feels. I feel bad for the actor. That's not. I can't that's believe that right. show
2: is still going on. I know. I'm sorry. No, no, but it, I mean, I, I think I've only seen the first season. <sighs> mm-hmm and
0: it wasn't for you it was
2: good but it just was not for me
0: Mm. well to be honest though it should have ended a long time ago but they take so long to film between seasons i feel like they let three years go by between seasons that's why it's like on i think it's been
2: two years because i'm really into bridgerton i think it's been like two years this
0: coming june it'll be two years
2: that's yeah why this what? is
1: no. This is a really big problem for streaming uh, shows and all that. This is a big problem right now that me I'm complaining about the most in Percy Jackson. Literally, I saw
0: a picture of him recently. He he looks nothing like he looks in the he show. Looks so different.
1: <laughs> people were pointing out it was his 15th birthday uh, a couple of weeks ago, and people were like, "This is how he's supposed to look in the last book, the fifth book." So this is like he's This is how he's AKA supposed to the look. Fifth like season. Yeah, <laughs> and so they're taking forever with this shit. And not, I mean, not just with Disney, but like with all the other streaming um services and all that. Y- y'all take forever on.
2: I just I don't understand if it's less episodes.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like I.
1: Less episodes, I mean, less had- time, and like you know, and especially <clears throat> for Percy Jackson, at least. Um, you know it's weekly like look at your numbers by now and see if and decide you know and so it just makes no sense at least for I, um go ahead like with stranger things at least you know because it's all released at once you know you kind of want to like give it some time maybe i don't know actually I don't, I, don't, I don't even know how it would work exactly but like you gotta make a decision fast <laughs> Fester. And it's not
0: even the, the release schedule; it's more just of the filming schedule. You got to get on it. Like I missed the days of like h- cable and broadcast TV because then you would guaranteed you get a, a season every year. And that, damn it, that's the way it should be because mm-hmm. there's no, there's no. The Crown debuted in 2016. It only had six seasons, yeah. and we're in 2024, almost 10 years later, and it just ended. House of the Dragon, the Andor delays. And look, these delays are significant because in the past, shows that I've loved, when they've come back, I was already so like removed from it, I couldn't get back. I haven't watched Invincible yet, season two. I -hmm. forget it's even on. I never saw Daredevil season three because it was so long after season two.
1: The crown for me. I I really had trouble getting back into it for sure. Uh, I mean I don't know about other shows that happened with because I feel like
2: when when you have when you when it starts back up again you have to go back and rewatch everything because it's been so long
1: yeah and I mean that's cool if it's like a really really great show you know right I, I but think not I every the, show but not every show <laughs> yeah. is that good like I, the only one that I actually did that with was um Shadow and Bone which mm. no third season sadly but like that was oh. that's really one of the only ones where I'm like I gotta I'm gonna rewatch like the whole first season like so I can get caught up for the second, and it was really cool. I haven't done that with any other show.
2: I I didn't even watch the second season because they said no more. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, no. Nope, uh, What's the
1: point? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's gotta be a better, I guess, system going on here when it comes to making more seasons for a show because it's it's not working. I mean, yet another reason why streaming is just a mistake, right?
0: It's Mm -hmm. just broken so many different things. Um, So, hmm. ultimately, Daredevil is just not something that I have much faith in. I haven't had any faith in. Um, Does this do anything for me? No. How about you
1: guys?
2: i'm honestly probably not even gonna
1: watch it uh, i don't know it might depend on the trailers i guess um i'm always the type that just always tries to give everything a shot mm. but um not me like you said it though i don't trust kevin foggy anymore <laughs> it just it's been burned too many times at this point for sure and just every decision and in- that he's made so far it's just been so weird like why would you make Wanda the main villain in a Doctor Strange movie why and hire would you sure. never- hire it people who
0: bad. didn't watch WandaVision to do it
1: yeah that and just like I don't know why you even trust like, I don't know why would you even trust the writer of that movie being like I'm on Wanda as a villain it's just like why would you even say yes to that you know like if you know the comics i don't i don't even read the marvel comics i don't think i've ever read a marvel comic before but even i was like you make her a avengers villain (laughs) like that's what you do and then also just everything else i mean the way the vfx shit is going down that's it's just getting annoying and all the budget on the on the movies i don't know what the fuck they're doing (laughs)
0: This just seems to be a continuing uh, disaster that is unraveling. Um, I mean, they they fired Majors for obvious reasons a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. There were some rumors that were thinking that Coleman Domingo could go in and replace him for Kang. The idea that they're still trying to salvage Kang, it's like, no one likes Kang. Mm -hmm. Get over it. And if you're going to keep going with Kang, well, there it is. That's all she wrote.
1: That was the other decision, why would you make Kang a villain in an Ant- Ant- Ant-Man movie? <laughs> and then have him lose to Ant-Man. Yeah. Have him lose to, him lose to ants is really more likely. <laughs> more
0: like it. And remember, they thought that film was going to wow audiences.
1: hmm
0: So, ultimately, uh, the Marvel Studios uh, of 2024 is a failed institution. And so, whatever they do seemingly um is not going to be great so how do i feel about um the other major thing that was announced i guess of the i guess the list of projects that are um qualifying canon well ultimately i'm of two different minds about it honestly um as i mentioned at the top fuck kevin feige but also to bring a little bit more nuance into it, um, it's kind of hard to care, quite honestly, what's c- canon in a universe you no longer have any investment in.
1: Mm.
0: Oh, you changed your timeline. Oh, these shows are now included in the canon.
3: congratulations That's part of the
2: reason why people fell off because everything is so complicated to keep up with now Mm -hmm. and you're just making it even more complicated now
3: Mm.
0: (laughs) which also on its face i mean am i like when i was a super fan of the mcu did I consider it canon? Well, yeah, because I liked those shows. Yeah. I liked those characters. It didn't matter to me. But it has a different context now because we're now at a different place in the MCU where there's so much and then you drop all of this into it. And it's just like it very clearly flies in the face of what you've been telling us for years. So why did you make this decision out of the blue? Is it maybe because you're kind of desperate? Is it maybe because um, you're kind of in a place where there's not much direction to go off of and so you need a distraction? Is it maybe because you're trying to gain some points with the fans that you've been burning one too many times lately? This feels very... This feels like a very strange move for them when they've been telling us for many, many years, I mean, not directly, but indirectly... That the Netflix continuity was not in the main MCU continuity. And all of a sudden, now they want to act like, oh, no, all along, they were part of the canon. Mm
1: And It really is, like, too little, too late to announce that. Just because, like, before Endgame came out, we were like, are Daredevil and the rest of them going to be in the movie in some way? And then they weren't. And then now it was just this whole conversation like, is it still canon or not, and and blah blah blah. And so then now you announce it, then it's like, we should have had them in the Endgame. Like, you should have made the decision in like, as soon as that movie was announced, and put them in somehow. And none, and none of us would yeah. wouldn't have even cared too. By the way, like, if we see Daredevil standing next to fucking Iron Man, we would have everyone would have been cheering nobody would have questioned it everyone would just be like fucking enjoy it <laughs> like we're never gonna get this again you know they should have been in that portal scene right there it's so it was already epic the way it was it would have been even more epic with the marvel shows had you just decided to do that in the first place also as agents, agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. um should have been there
0: well <laughs> to speak of the dead right um <laughs> That whole different situation. Um, well, that whole element of even the the black sheep of the MCU, uh, the show whose name shall not be mentioned. Um, I gotta say, um, for me, I got mine. I got piggy. <laughs> well, yeah, I got I got mine in, in, in a different way, though. It's like, um. The MCU was nice while it lasted. There was a couple of good movies that are going to stay with me forever. The Cat movies, the Guardians movies. Um, But The Avengers movies. uh, Yeah, sorry. The Avengers movies as well. Um, But it's no secret to anybody who's been watching this show for a long period of time, going back 10 years now, that um, the part of the MCU that I've been most attached to is the poster you see behind me. Uh, Seven broadcast seasons from 2013, 2020. Um, The show that a lot of MCU fans love to laugh at and uh, kick in the face. And I gotta tell you, it's gotten beyond parody at this point. How much Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans have uh, been made to eat shit Because we're at a point now where, okay, the Netflix shows are considered canon. Fine. You're going to leave it at that? You're not (laughs) um, missing somebody else? Um, The theories and um, the accusations that have been levied against Feige over the years of him personally having a distaste for that show only continue to gain momentum and popularity when he continues to do shit like this now you could make the argument well because echo came out and because they're filming daredevil that that's why they made this announcement and i've seen some people cling hope to well, whenever they bring Chloe Bennett back, if they ever do that, if that's even happening, then that's when that's when they'll announce, oh yeah, SHIELD was canon all along. And it's like there's no reason for what you can't do that now. Mm-hmm. But you're actively making the choice to not do that. Um so for many years on this show, I've been SHIELD's number one defender banging the drum of how criminally underrated and pushed to the edges of society it's been and um it being the butt of the joke it being the black sheep of the mcu only continues into 2024 which yeah a lot of people out there are entertained and amused um and happy to see it um does it make me go ballistic internally sure um, but I think it helps a lot that <laughs> I've just stopped caring about the MCU. And to me, S.H.I.E.L.D. to me exists as a TV show on its own thing and not really part of the MCU. Like, I, I don't know how people to this day can say that they're big MCU fans and it's all connected. And um, I love all of it. And it's like a lot of it's been really bad. And looking back at the first 10 years, many of them were pretty mediocre. So, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've really become quite bitter when it comes to the MCU for a lot of reasons. Um, so I don't know. David, did, did, did it find you, did you find it quite strange that, um, Shield was nowhere to be mentioned on this (laughs) canon timeline?
1: Um, uh, no, not really. <laughs> um, like you mentioned, they're, they're making the Daredevil show and all that, so I'm pretty sure they probably just man, let's announce it now. Keep the they focus have, on that. Keep the focus on that. But they have zero plans to do. They have no idea what to do with the other characters. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I guess the most important part is, who cares? Mm. So, if that's my victory, Okay. I'll take it there. Whatever. Um, if I can't win, you can't win either. <laughs> and I will take solace in that. Um, never forget, I can be a petty bitch. Um, and so you got to stay true to who you are, right? anywho without <laughs> any further commentary we're going to go ahead and close the show as a reminder of um, our recent content david and alexis are doing turn to page they're also doing reactions to percy jackson The three of us just did a reaction and audio commentary on the little mermaid on this channel and of course keep uh stay tuned on uh, for the main podcast for more uh stories like these and more thank you two for uh being on this show and thank you so much for indulging me on having a really long conversation on awards and the golden globes uh i i love the fact that you two have a history with them as well because i always feel like whenever peter is a part of these he's always rushing me (laughs) he's like moving along and he hates when we do all of that so the fact that he would hate this makes me like this even more so with that you can listen to our show anywhere listen to podcasts every sunday um Stay on our spotlight for more content and more, and we will see you all next time. Bye, everybody.
3: Bye. Bye.